Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. The Mafia. They're the product of a sick society. To hell with tomorrow. Their bag is today. Their bag is right now. now, 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 now. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Oh, the hair on my neck just (laughs) straight up. With Ben Higgins. Thank God all these bottles I popped. All this paper I've been getting. All these models I popped. Stephen Woods. It's my job to pull that demon out of Ben Higgins. And I will do it. And Paul Reindel. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Ben and Woods. Oh, I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most On 97.3 The Fan. Well, well, well. Good morning, everybody. Let's get our heads right on a Thursday, I do believe. Uh, ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Great to be with you this morning, live from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, boy. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. We, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> We have got some stories for you guys, my friends. Uh, man, it's good to be here with you this morning. Uh, Rafa just said in the chat that Ben looks very relaxed. He is he is very relaxed. That's what happens to a man in love. And we will get to all of that <laughs> very shortly. Uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm Woodsy, by the way. Uh, going around is Paul Rindle. He is our executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Oh, great morning. Great morning for Paulie Rindle. And uh, to my left, my dear, dear friend. <laughs> Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> Benjamin R. Higgins. Man about town. The James, many say the James Bond of the Ben and Woods uh, program. I mean, obviously, I'm in an extremely good mood this morning. Yeah. Because the Aztecs won. The Aztecs won and took care of business, certainly. And 
Ben will get to that uh, sometime, I think, in the 9 o'clock hour. <laughs> um, it, is, uh, it is great to be here with you guys this morning. And, again, I need to remind myself, this is not a job where you can burn the candle at both ends. It's just not cut out for that. And uh, I need to remember, the next time we decide to go out on a show outing, two, not three, two drinks is all I can have. Two, and I'm done, and you cut me off, and you don't get me another one, because three is just one too many. To be fair, you didn't order the third one. I did you not were order not the third. The table, then I drank the ass out of it, I would say though. Paul and our friend uh, <laughs> Steve. Richo, Steve yeah, Richo. from Australia, who was on the show earlier this week, they made the executive decision to get you one more That's while exactly we were at the table. Right. Sorry yeah. about that. That's exactly right, man. Um but yeah, I don't, don't feel I don't feel great. <laughs> I do not feel great. Uh, I'm extremely, extremely sore uh, as well. I'm extremely dry and devoid of um, any sort of of hydration at all. Um, I've been pounding water. I pounded a Pedialyte this morning. It you come out to Arizona, you cross the state line, and all the moisture from your body just goes and. It's like the minute you cross into Yuma, you're like, where's my chapstick? And you're just... Turn into beef jerky. Yeah, you turn into beef jerky the second (laughs) you cross it. And I've been out here two dozen times, and it's every time I'm like, all right, really hydrate before you go. Hydrate before you go out last night and suck down Maker's Mark. Uh, But, so, I'm trying to think where to start. Let's start with our our day yesterday. It was a a very eventful day on the program. As you know, I got traded to another team. Uh, in the middle of fantasy camp, which was a trip. It's never happened. Um, went to the new team. Uh, we won our game. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Your yeah. new managers, Tim Flannery Tim and Flannery. Arky Sinfraco. Yep, and uh, really, really good dudes. And uh, let's just say they they must have traded for me for my intangibles. Um, I did, and I helped the team because I ended up catching – Five innings, and this was not the machine. This is an actual like pitchers going through. So I had to catch five innings. And if you weren't there, the ball just would have gone to the backstop every time. So uh, you, they you needed, need a catcher. They needed some catching uh, help, and uh, and and so I, I filled that role uh, admirably. And as we know, they don't rely on the catching position in Major League Baseball for a ton of offense. D- yes, yeah, that's that's fair. And I this really is fantasy camp. We really. We get the pro experience out here. Yeah, you really get the pro experience. So I, I did not have a great day at the dish. Uh, I expect to today. You know, and then, so after the uh, the day was over, we won. Now, I was traded from Terry Kennedy's team, which is Paulie's team. Paulie, how did you guys do? We lost. You lost. Okay, that's that's really, those are really the only stats I care about is a W or an L. And we got <laughs> That's not true at all. It's, you came in, I have never seen you as upset dejected. as you were yesterday. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was almost a bat snap. Uh, yesterday, there's definitely a there's a part of us as fans who will say, "Hey, team results, all that matters. All you should be caring about in there is the team." But it's I think very it's BS. human nature. No, I think it's BS. I, that your emotions are probably more affected by how you do individually. I talked to yesterday. I talked to uh, Arky and I talked to Mark Loretta, and we were talking to them about slumps because the, I am am I think you you could say I'm in a slump. I I have always hit well out here. It's not. It's not super challenging to hit out at fantasy camp. And I don't know if I'm not seeing it. I don't know if I'm trying to do too much, but I'm not hitting the ball. I'm not even putting, I'm not even putting the bat on it, man. I'm swinging at pitches out of the zone. It's just not who I am out here. I'm a good hitter out here. 
And uh, I don't know what's happened. So five was, years, you've never had a day like no yesterday. No, 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 no. Uh, not even close. Silver sombrero. Silver, just, just to be silver. clear for yeah, everybody. Thank you for letting everybody know that. Well, um, they're wondering out there. Yeah, silver sombrero. <laughs> but I was asking them, and Loretta goes, "Oh, dude." He goes, "There were times in the big leagues where I thought I would never ever get a hit again." And he goes, "And you know, it sounds stupid because I know I'm a good hitter. I'm a big league hitter." Because I would drive home and think. I'm never getting another hit. And Arky said, oh, yeah, it happened all the time. I thought I'm never going to get another knock. And I said, well, what did you guys do? Arky goes, I would change my route to the ballpark. Socks were always the first thing I did. I, would cha- I go, Arky, I changed my socks yesterday. I've done everything, everything in my power to, to, to switch this voodoo. Well, not um, everything. Not now, a- now you've done everything. Maybe now. Maybe now the uh, slump has been busted. So, um, so we did – we had the games – and then we hung out for a while, and then we did something that I thought was absolutely incredible and fun. And look, I know as Padres fans, you you grasp onto anything you got. And so it's been the '98 team and the '84 team. I didn't know a lot about the '84 team, uh, and I learned so much yesterday because we had perhaps the greatest moderator in the history of moderators. <laughs> moderating this panel last night and is the man sitting to my left you're good on the radio you're a phenomenal moderator like you're like maybe the best moderator i've ever seen in my life i should apply for a meet the press or something it and was, have my own panel show it was incredible so benny you're there Thank and, you. and give the list of the guys and, and tell just everybody yeah kind of so how we had out. um we had goose gossage we had terry kennedy gary templeton dave drovecki tim flannery and tim lawler yep uh, sitting in the Padres clubhouse here in Peoria, and I kind of took them uh, kind of chronologically through the season. It was we amazing. about playing for Dick Williams. We got in. We had video of the uh, August brawl in Atlanta against the Braves. And I got a shot of all <laughs> five or six of them staring up at the TVs, laughing and smiling yeah. and watching that Remembering epic, it. epic, one of the greatest brawls in MLB history. And every camper – when one of the guys would pop up on the screen, like Flannery was way, and everyone's oh, like, yeah, yeah Flannery, <laughs> and then like, TK Tempe. It was, it was bad so cool. Tempe uh, talked about Alan Wiggins, which I found fascinating. fascinating. Some stuff I had never known before. We went through the playoffs, the NLCS against the Cubs, Garve's home run, where they were all kind of sitting, what their reaction was when he went deep. And I found out a little bit more uh, about the fact that that was Garve's first opposite field home run of the entire season. All year. And great insight, uh, again, from Tempe about Lee Smith, how he threw really hard. I mean, one of the best closers of the era, but always threw outside. And Garth decided, would not bust you in. I am going to go, I'm going to just take it that way and see what happens. And it hit out. And then World Series. And then we got into some more personal stuff, and we were talking with Dave Dravecki. And he was telling us the story of his cancer his surgery, and his comeback in 1989 with the San Francisco Giants to the mound. I had tears in my eyes when he said, why did my arm have to snap in the big leagues? Why didn't my arm snap in my three minor league starts where I threw 76 pitches, 93 pitches, and 91 pitches, and I had two complete games? Why didn't my arm snap then? Why did it snap in the bottom of the eighth Oh, no, when I'm throwing a one-hit shutout with 10% of a delt muscle left, um, I had tears in my eyes. And then, in the weirdest twist of fate that maybe I've ever seen, 
Dave is in the middle of his story, and it's like it's going up a mountain. It's about to hit the top. And then one of our campers went down in here. And it collapsed. Collapsed. Dehydration. It, it, it Long days. I just hear help, help, help from the help. back of the I room. Mean, yeah. Dave was telling this story so well. And like Woodsy said, he was right at the pinnacle of the story. The climax, if you will. The climax. And all of a sudden, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the clubhouse. Everybody was just, like, fixed in on this story. Yeah. And all of a sudden we hear, we need a trainer. We need a trainer. He's down. He's, He's down. out. It and was nuts. His face went white. and oh. uh, So they, 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 they took a while to tend to him. Uh, and then they got him out and uh, took care of him. He's okay. He walked out under his own power. Um, but it was scary. It was a really scary moment. Um, and he's okay. He's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's a good, good kid, too. And, uh, yeah, he's fine. But for, you knock that thing out of the park. And what I realized, too, is <laughs> I could listen to old baseball players talk about baseball 17 straight hours a day. Take a break to go to the bathroom, eat a sandwich, come back and listen to more old stories. They've got in. We'll get into the weeds on some of it later in the show because I think what everyone wants to know is uh, how the rest of the night turned out. And after that, we ran home, we showered quickly, we picked up our buddy, um, and we went down to exhibit. No, Exhilarator. No, not quite. Excalibur. No, 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 we did not pull the sword Excite. out of the stone. No, nope, nope, it was not Excite either. I'm wearing the hat right now. You got the X. Turn around. Get the, the X back part right. Back. All right, you ready? Yeah. You ready? Explicit. It's explicit. Explicit. <laughs> we took uh, Ben to his very first gentleman's club ever. Let's let's hold it there. Let's and hold let's, it there. Let's tease. And oh, I love you. We'll buddy. come Look back. Look at you, you radio <laughs> god. Moderator and radio tease master Ben Higgins. We'll come back. Uh, we should be having some of the uh, campers coming by uh, starting hopefully around 630 this morning. So you're not going to want to miss it. I've got to get Flan on. Uh, maybe Dave will finish his story for us. Dave Dravecki. Coffee. I saw Trevor here. I didn't actually get to talk to Trevor yesterday. But he is definitely bit. here and in the building as well. So uh, we've kind of got all of them in our sights for the show today. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about what's going on with the Padres. Got some topics. We'll get into all of it. But let's uh, come back and we'll finish the story of our day and where it ended last night. Well, it ended with me watching the Aztecs game, as always. But Yeah, it's... Where the story ended for these two last exactly night. Coming right. up next, we got Frank Marchese back in the studio. Good morning, Frank. Good to have you with us all week long. It's Ben and Woods. We'll check traffic. Be right back here with more from Padres Fantasy Camp 2024 on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Got some uh, campers starting to roll in. We're live from uh, Fantasy Camp, Peoria, Arizona. Coming off uh, one of our one of my favorite nights that we've had together as a show, and we've had many. We have had many. We have had many, many fun times. We have had many, many fun days. And we still, I still have like a trough of stories to tell from yesterday. One of the absolute most bat-ass stories you will ever hear about a fantasy camper. Maybe I, that's a don't do this for today. That Let's is, put that in don't do you this. Are, it's going to take the entire don't yeah, do this. It could be yeah. the whole one. But for a do do this, uh, last night we decided to take Ben. He'd never been to a uh, gentleman's establishment. So let's let's get into that quickly. You didn't really run with a pack of, of guys that were gentlemen's <laughs> club type guys. No. So that's number one. Number two. Um, well, you tell me. Why? Why? No curiosity ever, just to see. Like you're not a you're not a super curious experimental person. No, uh, but I will say the biggest reason is that I, I've never turned down like the opportunity where yes. everyone say, "Hey, we're all going. Do you want to come with us?" And I said, "No, it's not for me." Right. I, but I certainly wasn't going to just go by myself, which is weird. There was a guy there last night. Um, with some long red hair, and he was very creepy. And it wasn't. Very I mean, creepy. it wasn't something that was like on my bucket list, sure. like I'd been clamoring to do. Skydiving. So it, it just never. It just never got done. So, okay. And I wasn't. I wasn't itching to. But I wasn't. You know, I wasn't morally opposed to it. I sure. didn't, wasn't taking like a stand. Like I would never do that. Right. Or, that just doesn't appeal to me. So I just, it just never happened. And you made it your mission. You wanted yes. to make sure that it did happen before I turned 50, at least a hundred percent. And it's been like a, at least a two year mission, I would say. And so we decided to make that a reality. Paulie did some extensive research. We ran it by some people, some locals here, <laughs> some townies. And they said, ah, no, 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 don't go to that place. Go to this place. And Paulie said, why? And he goes, well, they have a they have a two-story pole. And I said, well, I'm in. I've got to see this. This is something I need to see now. Uh, then when you go for three with 3K, it no longer became about Ben's fun night. It was, I need to go, and I need to break out of this slump, and that is the place to do it. I want to see this, this two-story pole. So we get there, and we're driving. It's in Glendale. And we're just driving down this, this road, and all of a sudden, off to the left, a big glowing pink light, an oasis in the middle of the literal desert. And it's sitting there. There's no neighbors. No neighbors. Nothing, it's not in a strip mall. Nothing no on attended. one side. Nothing on the other side. No, it's no. just past uh, the rock and sushi that Ben yes. pointed out. Rock and roll we sushi was near uh, maybe a mile a away. A mile away. Yeah. Yeah. We you wouldn't want to walk there. We were driving by and goes, oh, rock and roll sushi. And it was just a perfect, perfect <laughs> when, it, when it happens in the flesh, it's just so good. It's so good when he does it. So the other thing was, and I commented this, we were on the highway. He didn't breathe. He was move, He was sitting still in the back seat. And I, there was no breathing. He was just sitting. And I, I go, hey, you haven't breathed yet. Are you okay? Are you nervous? Did you have a little anxiety going in? A little bit. Yeah, a little. I was definitely nervous. Okay, going so in. we pull into the parking lot, and it's, it's pretty bare. I mean, there's not a lot of cars there. No which, pun intended again. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> which, by the way, I think was perfect. If we had walked in 
and it had been a circus in there, it would have made me uncomfortable. I don't like huge crowds like that either. It wasn't empty, empty. There were definitely well, some the, other the people. Long hair, yeah. The long-haired redhead guy was, who was very creepy looking. Sat in the back, he sat by, the himself. back by himself. Part of my worry was that we might be like the only table. And then yeah. I didn't want all the attention. everyone all the attention. I was hoping to get a moderate amount of attention, yeah. not well, a I was gonna make sure intense amount of attention. So we walked in, we pay the, the $10 cover charge, and uh, we told the girl at the front desk, we said, we got a first-timer here. And she goes... You are kidding me. How old are you? He goes, I'm 48. They were all very surprised. The bouncer bouncer who was the greatest guy. He He was was cool as could be. Jay, maybe? He's like, I'm your your guy. I'm going to take care of you. We'll get you guys this table up front. This is what I would do for your buddy. Make sure he has the greatest night of his life. We go, no problem. Go up. We sit down. And we order a round of drinks. And, uh, you know, get some some $1 bills and, and all that. And so Ben's leaning over to me. And I'm going, all right, so here's what you do. There's a, a gal on stage. Go go throw a couple bucks up there, you know, respectfully. I I was under the the impression from my days years ago. I'm not I'm not a strip club guy at all, really. And I uh, I said, don't throw it at him. That feels weird to me. I said, just kind of flip it up on the stage. Much to my surprise, I'm I was shocked that you didn't know that this was a real thing. So, I thought rappers did it in videos, dude. I didn't know that real human beings that sell insurance and go to strip clubs on a Wednesday night literally made it make it rain. This dude showed up with at least fifty dollars at least folded up. Yeah. And he walked nice up nice and tight and wham in the air. Good, he had like good form oh, to make it Bro, it's not his first time. <laughs> that was not I mean, his first just time. Completely cover the stage. It was incredible. It was like the snowfall. Room. Yeah. So we're all <laughs> sitting there in awe. And then a uh, a young lady walks over to the table and says, Can I sit with you guys? And we said, absolutely. So she sits down right next to our guy. And we tell her, first time. No, hey. no, no. She sat on the other side. I was sitting next to Ben. And I said, hey, Delilah, let's do me a favor. Why don't you sit next to this guy right over right here? Right over here. Uh, uh, blonde girl. Uh, small derriere, which I know, uh, as everybody like knows, you, you like a small derriere. And uh, we strike <laughs> strike up. This is a weird conversation we have. I know my dad's listening. I know your mom's listening. Carlos uh, Hernandez. Carlos Hernandez. Walking by. So... <laughs> <laughs> we strike up a conversation, get a cocktail, drink some cocktail. My man over here, James Bond, orders a kettle one martini. Okay. So, <laughs> did was... you not see that January kettle one was the special? I did not. Eight dollar kettle one, which is my favorite vodka. I'm certainly ke- Colonel Budget is certainly taking advantage of that special. No doubt about Three, it. Three Colonel olives. Budget didn't buy one cocktail last night. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so he drinks. He's got his kettle one. And he's uh, he's drinking it, and you know we're trying to get the lay of the land here of, of what to do, and and um, do you want to jump in here at, at no, all? No, I'm, I'm just listening to so, your story. I'm enjoying this. If anybody's been to a strip club, you know that the girls are working all night long. Yeah, and they will stop by your table and check in on you, see how you're doing, ask if you want to dance, if you want to hang out, if you want anything. And if you say no, they usually move on to the next table they because leave. they're trying to make some money. Our sweet, beloved Delilah yeah. did none of that. No. She sat, sat with us the entire night. Chopped it up. I didn't know that that was like possible. I didn't know anyone would sit with you and, and chat and talk. And mm-hmm. you, you were wise. You uh, offered to buy her a drink. And yep. she got a martini as well. She I did. don't know if that was strategic. Like, oh. Drink what he's drinking. Because she said, I don't usually drink martinis, but it yeah. looked good. So she got one. And 
we sat and talked for a while. I mean, we got to know her a little bit. And by a story. while. I mean, like the entire like the time. The time and a half, yeah. yeah the, high, the whole time we were there. And, uh, well, I mean, and it's like the most cliche thing. It's the first time you walk in, you fall in love with the first girl you see. And that's exactly yes. what happened to Betty. And he looked over at me and he goes, he goes, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. I said, yeah. And I said, we're having a good time. And just some, some guys out howling at the moon. Well, then... <clears throat> I just don't know how much detail I want to go into. Well, then it was Delilah's turn to uh, go on stage. Delilah went on stage, put Ben right up in the front, <laughs> which was one of my more. It was one of my favorite moments. I watching. I ben. sat back. I wanted to take it all in. Yeah, I sat and with I'm, him. I mean, let's to put it into baseball perspective. Yeah, she was like a top prospect. You could tell. <laughs> You could tell she was not long for that level. Like, she was going to be promoted <laughs> to the big leagues really soon. And just, you know, that two-story pole, she went up to the second story. She she could get all, all, the, I mean, way all the way around, spinning near the top. Upside down. Upside down. Yeah. I, I mean, she had all the moves. Yeah. And... She was incredibly athletic. It was very mm-hmm. impressive. It was. Um, he did tell her at one point. I was worried that you were going to fall, and you're very athletic. I can barely lift my leg to here. My <laughs> hamstrings are very tight. That is a real – I was going to do real or fake things Ben said at the, at the Gentleman's Club last night, and that was a real thing that he said. Um, we had an unbelievable time. Um, the man had the biggest grin on his face from the second we sat down, sat down until we got in the car three hours later. It was like two hours. We made it, we, two, two hours. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not naive. Ear to ear grin. Grin. Like, a, like, if, grin. like if you took Bo to a giant candy store for the very first time ever that he had never even <laughs> knew him, existed. Give him $100. And gave him all the money in the world. Yes. And just said, Bo, have fun. Have a ball. That's what it was like for Ben last night. He, he was, was just... Taking it in. Wide and, I, and I'm not naive enough to think there's any real connections made. It's part of, right, the, it's experience, part of the experience. But, you know, she told us her story, and she grew up in West Virginia, just moved <laughs> to, from Florida a couple of years ago, and has not, has not been dancing very long. He, he, I'm telling I, you guys, he talked to her the entire time. I, I really think that you could be a good mentor for her in the future. I think you could help shepherd her along. Well, I was kind of moderating the panel. He was. You know, he was know, moderating so. the panel. And... Um, it was, it was an elite, elite night out with the guys. Uh, just guys being dudes, certainly. <laughs> Howled at the moon a little bit. Uh, like I said, I went one too many, one too many for me uh, last night. But we had a, we had an unbelievable time. When Delilah um, went back for her second dance of the evening that yes. we were there, you did stay back that time. Yes, and it was just Ben right up front. Sitting front and center at the strip club as Arky Sinfraco walks by. Fistful of cash. <laughs> and you, me, and our buddy that was with us were sitting there and we're watching Ben tossing dollar bills oh, onto the stage. With the most with the best form. Like he's been like a he's pro. been there a hundred times. <laughs> I go, This is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. It was absolutely incredible. Uh I mean, yeah, I, I we got him a, a dance or two or four and, and he had a really, really great time. <laughs> he was in there for a while. <laughs> How was that combo in there? Was it was good. Good. It was good. It was good. That's good. She was very sweet. She's a very, very nice yeah. girl. And yeah. uh, we wish the best for uh, Delilah. And, I mean, yeah. She was so nice, though, like when other dancers were yes. on the stage. Supportive. And because we were kind of talking to her and there weren't that many customers there and they didn't have anyone, like, 
tipping them like right there, she would actually go and go up and like toss some. Yeah, to with her our money. Yeah, colleagues. absolutely. Throw. Yeah, uh, was, absolutely. I mean, she was thoughtful that way. So it was, uh, it was an unbelievable. Unbelievable mm. night. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And you, we got you a hat. Yes. Thank from, you for the hat. Explicit, and he's wearing it today. They had right. a TV off to the side that was showing different promotions across throughout the month or yeah. whatever. And across the screen came uh, the two hats. Yeah. Said, get yours now. Done. So I walked back to, I think his name was Ty, our Ty. bouncer. That's right. And I said, hey, got to get our man one of these hats. Where do I get it? And he goes, oh, I got you. <laughs> goes and gets a hat. We buy it. And. They go, oh, so, like, what do you guys, are you guys here for work? Or, like, do you guys live around here? I'm like, no, we're here for work. Live in San Diego. And she goes, oh, nice. What do you guys do? We're like, do a radio show. She goes, really? Well, let's get you uh, whatever hat you want. And we got you some free admission, free hey, cover charge be out back for out, next time. Be I got back some out here in a, in a month. That's true. We, we can check back. up on uh, Delilah's progress. Or if you, if you want to go tonight. Or if, hey, we got, if you, yeah, we have free, free cover. Night. Free. Colonel Budget. If we go to bed, because I'm going, I'm telling you, we're out of here at, like, 4.30 today. I'm getting into bed by 5, and I'm not leaving the bed. I'm going to eat a sandwich in bed, and I'm not leaving the bed. Um, and he, he may – you never know. I'd say – I'd say 60% chance he ends up back there tonight by himself. Yeah, between like um, I, you know 68 what? and Actually, 70%. I, I'm almost hesitant to ever want to go back again knowing I had a really good experience. It's hard, and be hard I don't to know, top. I don't know that I'm going to have a better experience. I think that should just be like maybe the one. Let, me, let me end it here. He was so uh, enamored and was having so much fun. There was a basketball game on at the bar. He didn't even look. He did not look at it one Couldn't tell you time. who won that one. But you didn't even know who was playing. No. I even said it was Arizona was playing. It was Arizona-USC. Okay. The Aztecs started uh, about midway through our evening. The Aztecs game had started. He didn't even bring up the score until no, so we got in the car. Until so we, we got in the car. And it was uh, just before the first half. And then we got back and watched the whole second half. <laughs> he did. They won, too. So it was a really good night. It was a really Thank perfect night. Thank you both. Night. You made it very... Now, palatable for Joe me. in our YouTube chat says, get Delilah on the show. There was a conversation, was conversation amongst the three of us. Had. Should we give her the hotline phone number and have her call? Well, there, we can this guy that. actually decided maybe that's a line we don't cross. I actually thought I was my, I, yeah. it would sound like it would be my idea. And I was like, I don't know. But it was Ben's idea. Hey man, she was as cool as could be. Wish her She'd do great best. if she was on. Oh, she, she was, was great. She was, she was a good talker. She, she was. And you were a great talker. You looked like you were Ben Franco last night. He was just like an alter ego. I'll never get the image of him sitting up there and going, and just like a pro, like a pro. I did better than I thought I would. The, I was, the, the top prospect bit is one of my favorite <laughs> things. And, yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. All right, let's take a time out. We'll come back. Uh, some of the camp counselors, the coaches are here. We will uh, start talking a little bit There's more. my manager Padres right there if you want to talk to him. Fantasy camp coming up next. It's Ben and Woods from San Diego's uh, number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Delilah, what's it like in New York City? <laughs> yes, Frank, you're very clever back there. Very clever, Frankie. <laughs> Holy cow, man. Holy cow. Got a text from your mom. <laughs> oh, great. I didn't. She said, uh, she said, ah, still my good son. Thanks for not, not selling quite as good as I used to be, I guess. But... Uh, sweet little angel, Polly. He didn't even... Guy didn't even look crossways. And I, I had to force him to go up and drop some dollar bills on the stage. He's a sweet, no, sweet. He was, our, he was our DD. He was our DD. He was, yeah. He was just, he was cool as if, cucumber. If Meg, Megan, Megan yeah. is, uh, you, you can be proud of your, your husband back there. Hannah, you too. Well you can behaved. be proud of me. I, I mean, I was. I went a little, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like Ben or anything, but I had some <laughs> fun last night for sure. All right, let's check traffic. We've got Arkis and Fracco here. Uh, we'll uh, talk about uh, his Woodsy's new manager. Yes. Uh, that he got traded to a new team yesterday. Coming up after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Now, Woods, you and Paul weren't around in the 1990s. Oh, I thought when... you were going to say in the VIP room. You're right. No, we weren't around in the VIP <laughs> when, room uh, last When Arky was on the Padres. But Arky had one of the most devoted fan bases uh, back at the queue. He had Arky's Army. I mean, he had, like, multiple fan sections. Which, Love that. The Hassan Kim know, of his generation. And, mm-hmm. you know, not a, usually a guy who was coming off the bench, pinch hitting, you know, wasn't necessarily an everyday starter. But Arky, it's, it's good to see you. What, what was the passion back then, just uh, Arky's Army and your fans that you had? I think it was rooting for the underdog. Yeah. I think it was there. And you know, those people <laughs> loved rooting for the underdog. So it became my fan club. It was great. It was so exciting. But, you know, I mean, I came in with the Padres at a good time. You know, they were kind of rebuilding. I was young. So I had some opportunity to kind of build some love, you know. But it was mostly around my name, I think. But I'll take it. And the name is, so it's, uh, Arky is short for Archangelo. 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 That's a, Archangelo. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a badass first. I'd go by Archangelo. Archangelo. <laughs> <laughs> Really badass name. Um, no, so how cool is that, too? We, we sat next to each other yesterday for the roundtable and listening to the 84 guys talk about um, their run, their camaraderie. How, how similar was it? Because Tempe was the captain, uh, and they were talking about that, and mm-hmm. Tempe would sit in the back of the plane, and he would have a cognac, and he would be, you, you need to get it together, and you, you need to get it together. Mm-hmm. Your squad, 
Tell me about the leaders uh, on your group and, and how that was. Yeah, I'm, well, our, our team was probably similar but different, right? We, we had I mean, we had Cammy, we had Wally, we had Hoffy, I mean, we had Ash. We had, we had so many guys that I wouldn't say, we, you know, and we had Cammy just lead him by, you know, the quiet leader. Quiet right? leader. No one, no one wanted to piss Cammy off. No. Right? It was just like. Did you ever? <laughs> I, no, I don't think I did. Good. Honestly. Yeah, stay on his good side. I tried to stay on his good side. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to hang with him. Like, tried to go to dinner with him every once in a while. And I was kind of his backup guy. So yeah. I was like, I tried to stay close to him. But we had so many guys. And I think after 96, we were so close. You know, and then we got Brownie, which, again, you know, massive leader at the top. But I just think from that perspective, we had so many guys that that knew we had something special. Well, it's an interesting parallel, right? Because the Padres last season – uh, they added a bunch of now again superstars. I mean, mm-hmm. these are you know twenty five, thirty million dollar uh, a year guys, and I don't know that any of us could sit here with any certainty and say, oh, it's the same. They all came together. I don't know that 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 was necessarily the case. I know it's different times. I know the game has changed. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was something that was potentially lacking last year? I mean, I wasn't in the clubhouse, sure. but I can tell you on the ninety eight team we were. We were tight. I mean, we all did stuff together all the time. It's so I, important. All right? the time. We were. We were. We didn't have any cliques. We didn't have any groups. We were a team. We're still a team. I tell people all the time. I probably told you this. We have a ninety-eight showed us, text showed us yesterday. Nonsense. It's been going on for I don't know five or ten years. I don't know forever. Like, and it's all the guys, and it's nonstop. It's twenty-four hours a day. You know, a lot of people sharing their love for each other, sharing funny stories, funny pictures, funny videos. So it just keeps going on and on and on, right? And I think that's it just kind of showed what what kind of team we kind of had, right? And who decided uh, that 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 was <laughs> important? Who decided that not the text, but who decided that being together all the time was a good idea, or did it just kind of come natural? I think it, well, I, and I, it started. I think it started actually when we all got traded over there, like Ash, Hoffy, me. We all came over together. Like there's a bunch of young guys that came over together, right? And it and it wasn't the best of times, right? It, you know, it was '93. It was a fire sale. They were getting rid of everybody. We lived through some tough times, right? You know, when we lost 100 games. So it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. But, it, you know, it, for, for those of us that kind of weathered the storm and got through it and got to the good times, I think, and those guys became big players, right? Not myself, but Ash and Hoffy and all these guys that became, like, big players. They had that experience, you know, back then. And I think it, I think it helped them. And I think it helped them kind of mold the team once the team got Cammy and Finley and, and all those guys came from Houston, right? We knew, wow, we got some, some we got players. some veteran players now. Like we're gonna, you know, we can do something, right? So I, I think that's where it started, but it kind of grew into something special in like '98. Talking to Arky Sinfraco here at Padres Fantasy Camp, and for a guy like yourself or Mark Sweeney, who would have to come yep. off the bench and deliver, having Boach as your manager, mm-hmm. a guy who also, you know, was a backup catcher and didn't get to play every day. Do you feel like he was able to? Really see it from every perspective, every player's perspective in in the, in the lineup on the field, even the pitchers, because he worked with them so extensively as a as a player as well. Oh, I, I definitely think so because I, I think Boach was kind of in that position too, right, as a player, right? I mean, he's a backup catcher, kind of played backup, and you know we had a coaching staff of Flannery and and Pichillo, so those guys have been through the same thing. So, like to me, I thought that was one of the things that I mean, from myself personally, extended my career another two or three years, right? Because he just he knew how to handle bench players. He knew when to play him. He knew how to keep him fresh. Um, you know, he was clearly communicated to us, like, hey, you're going to be in there tomorrow. You're not going to be in there tomorrow. You know, 
here's your time. I'm going to give you a day next week to play and kind of sharpen up, so get ready kind of thing. So to me, that was really important, right? I mean, I just and, – and, you know, obviously the team we had, right, it was, it was fun just sitting there watching them play every day. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, we talked last night. We were watching – you know, we watched the video of the, the, the big brawl in 84. Yeah. We watched it together, That's watched awesome. these guys. Wasn't that That's incredible? Awesome. And uh, watching these guys. And, you know, honestly, like – those things are important too, you know. Knowing that, um, knowing that your teammates have your back, it's something that I, I think I've been harping on for the last couple of years uh, with with the Padres teams that I've been watching. I, I see Tatis end up on his back a lot. I see Manny mm-hmm. wearing it a lot, and mm-hmm. then I don't see any any mm-hmm. sort of 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 fight, you know, mm-hmm. fight back. And uh, it really it kind of burns me. And I know you watch a lot of Padres baseball. We text about it a few times uh, through the years. That's something that you've noticed as well. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know what? It's it, I know it's a I different game. Game a game is is definitely a little different now, right? I mean, these guys make a lot of money. You know, it's it's social media. It's it's kind of hard, and you know, it's hard to do the things we did. You know, the things you did last night. <laughs> you know, without without being all over Twitter, social media, or stuff like that, right? I mean, you can't do it, right? But that builds a team. I mean. You know, it does. I mean, you, you do things. You go to the bar. You hang out. You do stupid stuff. Well, we're closer now after I, last right? night. There's no question. Just, I yeah, mean, there's just, no question right? about I'm it. I'm telling you, you're tied together now, there, whether whether you like it or not. There's no doubt. You there's know? no but doubt about it. You can't it. do that now. And you listen to Flan and these guys talk, right? Now, that's one thing. I, I got to say this, but I am a fan. Like, when, when Goose came up, man, I was in the heyday of my life in the 70s with the Yankee fan. I was a massive Yankee kid. I I live for the I went to old timers day every year. It was one of those things I always did. Listening to them guys talk and to meet these guys, that that's the best thing about being an ex baseball player is I I've had the honor to meet like Nettles and Willie Randolph, Chris Chambliss, Goose. You know, these guys that I grew up just freaking idolizing, you know? Does it's it crazy. break does it break your heart like it breaks mine to hear Goose say that he doesn't watch baseball anymore? And and, and Tempe, I mean for that matter, it's just I, I he's like I can't watch it. It doesn't it's not the same game because it, it makes me sad. Now, I didn't play, and obviously you saw me perform yesterday. I'd never had any shot of playing. Um, I but closed it, my eyes yesterday. Yeah, I did too. I did t- uh, every time I swung and missed, I closed I close my eyes. I closed my eyes every single time. Um, but it does make me sad, and I, I, I wish, I wish, and I understand where they're coming from. You know, I do. But it makes me sad that, like, they're not watching that game that they gave so much to. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think that's you know I'm not going to speak for all players, but I do think there's there's stuff missing from to and I I love watching the game. The guys today are super talented. Like they're they're really super talented. It's unreal. Like yeah, they are really talented. But I think that's to me like I think that's part of the game that's really kind of got lost with all the money and all the fame and all the social media and all the media in general is that like players today i don't i don't think and i'm not saying all sure yeah i'm not saying all because i met you know joe musgrove those guys are phenomenal guys like phenomenal guys but um i think i think looking back to the past players and the generation of the respect the guys respect the game what came before them i think some of that some of that to me is missing i've heard like, that a lot i've heard that, that a lot me. like to me like i i idolize these guys i love i can remember watching terry kennedy hit i can oh, remember yeah. like watching goose come in like, and it, you know, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Man. I love that stuff. So, Arky, you're managing with Flan, and yesterday you guys pulled off a trade with TK and his team to acquire this guy, Stephen Woods. <laughs> Can you talk about any of the negotiations that went on, the discussions, 
how it, that came down at the deadline. It was tough. It was tough. You know, we uh, we went through a lot of back and forth. I got offered. We almost had a three team trade, four team <laughs> trade. It was getting kind of ugly in there. It was getting. It was fun, man. We need to do that more often. I said, we got to do this more often. But hey, we had a hole. You know, we had we had a hole. We had you know we had we needed we needed catcher. We needed a guy that can throw the ball to second. And um, you know, I have faith that Woodsy will perform at the plate, and uh, I'm hoping to see that today. Are you worried that? if things don't go well, that he is a hair trigger and ready to charge the mound at any second? Because it sounds to me like if Woods gets one inside, he may be, no. he may be going after someone I'll today. be so happy if they hit me and let me on base. <laughs> I, I will do anything. I may lean in. We have a pitching machine game today. I may lean into the machine. I just want to be on base. I want to help my team win. That's all well, I you care You'd be the first about. person to charge the pitching machine. I, I have to say, though, man. Props to Woodsy, though. Because he didn't get on base yesterday, every time we needed a pinch run on Woodsy, he's like, I got it. I, I, I got had, it, I had to run like three times. It, it's the only way I could, could help the team win. It's the only stat I really care about. But it's true, though. We talked about it a little bit earlier. We're almost out of time. But, yeah, it's great to get a win. But if you go 0 for 3 with 3Ks, you're not feeling great about that. We need, even though you're supposed to. Yeah, and yeah. I did not feel great about it, and I'm going to do better today. And I appreciate you hearing me. He says you have faith in me. He does. And that's the first time I've you, heard that. You needed since positive I've been out here. That's what you've been looking for. That's what I've been looking positive, for. Positivity. Yeah, that's it. You're on the right team. Now. That's it. I am on the Flan. right team. You're the man. Arky Sinfraco. Arky, thank you very much. Good thank to see you. you. That All was right. awesome. Thank All you. Right. Uh, we will have more campers coming by. Now, you guys have another game this morning. We do. At what? Uh, 9.30 Pacific. Yep. 10.30 here in Arizona. So uh, we'll save some of the Aztecs talk for the end. Maybe even a crossover if uh, Annie or Craig are listening right now. The last segment, I could probably uh, do a little crossover today. But we'll um, we'll do real or fake. We'll probably push that back to our 9 o'clock hour as well because we want to get as many of the coaches and campers and special guests in as possible. Uh, we are going to do Don't Do This and saving that story about what happened. The sanctity usually of kangaroo court does not get broken. Um, I fantasy camp. I, I actually got a special judge's exemption. His honorable, able, his honorable Andy Ashby. Andy Ashby gave me an exemption to tell this story. So we will uh, we'll have that for you coming up in Don't Do This as well. All in hour number two of Ben and Woods. We are live in Peoria, Arizona. It's Padres Fantasy Camp 2024. Just fantasies all over the place on San Diego's <laughs> number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
Good chatting with uh, Arky Sinfraco. He's the best. Welcome yeah. back. It's uh, Ben and Woods, hour number two. Uh, day three out here at Padres Fantasy Camp. We'll be here through tomorrow's show. Yeah. And then uh, back in San Diego on Monday, of course, we'll be back out here for Padres spring training. And just over a month, in fact, it was officially announced yesterday, pitchers and catchers will report on February 11th, Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, right. For Padres pitchers and catchers, they're actually reporting a couple of days after the Dodgers will report first on the 9th. Uh, full squads then uh, coming up a few days later, I think, on the 15th. And then uh, get ready for that opening series in Korea, March 20th and 21st. I think they fly out on the 13th, maybe, 12th or 13th. They'll be out there for a week, workouts in Korea. Then they'll play the two games, come back to San Diego, have another week. They'll play a couple of exhibition games <laughs> against the Mariners. So weird. And then opening day against the San Francisco Giants. That Thursday is uh, March 20. Eighth, is it, I think? is Whatever that Thursday is that week. One, uh, one ten first pitch against the Giants for the home opener. Technically third game of the season on opening day 2024 all coming up. Yeah, I, and, you know, listen, obviously the WBC last year, I, I think, threw a, a major monkey wrench into preparation. Um, and it's not just us saying it. Nobody's making excuses. Big league managers have said it. Pro ball players have said it uh, when they've been sitting in this chair right here. It, it really was different. So I'm, I don't know that this one's going to be that bad. Certainly for you, Darvish, I think, especially. Yeah, you, know, you I think, really. You it, know, pitching it, for Team Japan and not pitching, not pitching that much. For Team Japan. Remember, he wasn't even ready when the season started. They had to push him back about yeah. a week just to get started and didn't end up having a terrific season. They'll need him to have a big bounce back year uh everyone's wondering will Hassan kim make the trip to korea we just had arky on and i told you about arky's army and it's almost like now there weren't as many padres fans back then but it was almost like that Hassan kim that's passion. what i said when he sat down yeah, the, for, the Hassan kim of your generation for arky sinfraco and I, I saw this tweet yesterday and i, I i'm not going to criticize uh who tweeted it it's uh, at king leo xxx he said, if the Padres trade... Interesting, X, X, X. interesting Twitter handle that you were looking up yesterday, <laughs> yeah, given the what, context given of Given the evening. context of last night. Hmm. Well, I'm sure he's on X. It's, it's X, not Twitter, so maybe that's what he's referring to. Yeah, three of them. He said, if the Padres trade Hassan Kim, I'm done with the Padres. Wow. I will never be a Padres supporter. I don't know what more any player has to do to get the respect that he deserves. I'm sick of reading how fans want to trade him. I'm sick of reading articles that say the Padres are shopping him. I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. It's not – there's nothing wrong with that perspective. You can be a huge fan of a player and be very disappointed if your team trades him. The only thing that I would disagree with is trading a player is not always a sign of disrespect. I think rarely is it a sign of disrespect. Well, it's certainly not for the team acquiring, but it's not even for the team trading you as well. I promise you this. If the Padres do end up trading Hassan Kim, it won't be because they don't like Hassan Kim. It'll be very reluctantly, and it'll be because they feel it is their best way to address other needs, and they feel like they may not be able to re-sign him at the end of this season, and it just strategically makes more sense. But that is not in any way a sign of disrespect for Hassan Kim that he is being talked about in trade possibilities. We... Uh talked about it a week or two ago and i posted the video just that segment on our youtube page and somebody left a comment that said you guys completely flipped my opinion on this whole situation i still hate it yeah it still sucks but i'm all for for it now because it does make baseball sense in a certain light the baseball uh business of baseball is awful 
it is an awful, awful um, situation. And I was behind the dish yesterday, and PV he, he was coaching the other team, and he watched me K three times, and I was in the torture chamber. PV go, he walks by me, he goes, "Hey, that's what happens. You get on a new team, you're trying to impress everybody, and he goes, now imagine you had to." find a new apartment and your wife is pissed at you because she just got this house dialed in you got to yank your kids out of school he goes imagine that and i go i will never talk smack again pv ever <laughs> and you got thirty-five thousand fans exactly yelling at it's you because you just struck out in your first at bat the perspective of it all and the business of baseball is it's horrible it's terrible um you got to give something good to get something good and, I, and, and, again, we, we've heard from guys here this week that said, listen, you know, it, it, this is not the fire sale days. And I, I, it's not. It's not a fire sale at all. If it was a fire sale, Tatis is gone. And, I mean, somebody would take Tatis in a New York minute, man, and New York may be the team that would do it. <laughs> um, it. It's not that. It is, do we think he's going to continue to get better? Has he hit his ceiling? Also, can what's he going to command? Can we afford to pay him twenty million plus next season? If the answer is no, then you have to bite the bullet and you have to do what you have to do. I don't want it done. Now there is some Hassan Kim disrespect going on, but it's not from the organization that may or may not be trading him. Again, completely arbitrary lists. I don't know how they come up with these, but the MLB Network has their right now top ten. Second baseman in baseball that they released last night. Now, I looked up the numbers just so I'd have a frame of reference because I was pretty sure. Last season, Hassan Kim was second in all of baseball among second basemen in war. Had a phenomenal season. Now, the number one second baseman right now in baseball, they put his Mookie Betts. Fine. He's moving to second base. If you're going in the, in the right now, I guess right now he's a second baseman. Don't have a problem with that. Number two was Marcus Semien. And again, okay, he was the number, he led all of second baseman in war last year. I thought, okay, now is Hassan Kim going to be three? Because if you're going by that war metric, he would be third. Now, again, who put this list out? MLB Network. MLB Network was not third. We talk about the lists all the time. Woods, you're always like, I don't care, especially when it's like, Again. Sports Illustrated sure, yeah. or something like that. When this is the it's, league ran network, it's like network. it's like the AP Top Twenty Five poll. Right. I, again, it doesn't mean anything, but if you're going to do them, do them right. I want you to make them make sense. And I kept going down the list: third, fourth, fifth, no, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. He's not. He's not even there. I'm That's going, insane. Did you, did you, did you look at who had the best season at second base last year in the National League? So yeah, it's Mookie Betts. Jose Altuve, name recognition there. Yeah. Marcus Semien, uh, Luis Arias, then Cattell Marte, Matt McClain, Andres Jimenez, Eduardo Julian, Zach Geloff, and Nico Horner. And are you telling me that you couldn't find a spot on that list for Hassan Kim? Come on. Come on. Make it make sense, it, MLB Network. It, make it, it make sense. It's pretty shocking. They did a, uh, a fan. They asked the fans to rank theirs. The fan list was better than the MLB <laughs> list, and they did have Hassan Kim. I think he was six or seven, which is probably still a little bit too uh, too far down the list. But, again, um, keep the disrespect up. Keep it up. Let the guys know how much they're being disrespected. 
Let them know no one counts. You know, no one's counting on them to do anything this year. Um, and, you know, potentially use that as a little bit of motivation to go out and have a good year. But, again, the reason why Hassan Kim is drawing so much interest, it, when you look at the free agent market and the teams that need infielders, and he can play not just second, but he can play short, third. he can play third. There are teams, pretty much every team probably needs one of those positions Bro, right he now. Swi- he swipes bags. He is ridiculous with the glove. He plays Hair on fire every single game, like Tim Flannery. The guy's out there busting his ass every game. No respect. And, and he's making $8 million this year. It's a it's a, an amount that any team can fit in their budget. Even if the Oakland A's wanted him. They could 100%. Find a, they could find a way to fit Hassan Kim in their budget. That's why he's generating so much talk. He's a unicorn right now in baseball. He's a, a up-the-middle, top-tier wizard in, infielder who can get on on base, he's got a little bit of power now, and he's very affordable, even if it's just for one season. Any team that's trying to win this year would want to have Hassan Kim. So, yeah, they're all picking up the phone. And they see A.J. Preller's got a glut of infielders. He's got a top prospect uh, coming up in Jackson Merrill, who plays the middle infield. He knows he's been trying to, you know, pare down the payroll a little bit and probably doesn't have what it takes to sign a major long-term extension, at least right now. So, of course, they're going to be calling about Hassan Kim. And, you know, A.J. Preller's playing it right. He says the price tag is incredibly high. Sure. It's really, really high, but we're not going to say no if you want to come and bowl us over and knock us down with an offer that really helps our team this year and, you know, puts uh, guys in positions that we need, maybe helps our pitching staff a little bit, adds a prospect, you know, another one to our top, our growing list of top prospects. Yes, we're going to listen on Hassan Kim. You have to. Well, that and there was another list yesterday, Ben, that came out that was a little bit more, a uh, little bit more glowing about uh, AJ Preller and the work that he's done. And I think you got to give credit where credit is due um, to a man uh, and woman last year, the year before, said, "Man, the Padres have absolutely gutted." their farm system. They've got nothing left, nothing at all. And uh, the work that he and, and Chris Kemp and, and the, the, the scouting department has done to replenish this farm has been phenomenal. And, and how phenomenal has it been? Yeah, Baseball America came out with their uh, latest top 100 prospects list, and the Padres landed six on the top 100 list, one of just four teams to do so, along with the Orioles, Rays and Yankees headlining the list this year, all the way up to number eight in the top ten of Major League Baseball prospects in the minors is Ethan Salas at 17 years old. Uh, Padres catcher acquired last year in the international market just about a year ago, what, uh, this week, yep. since uh, they're doing that right now. After that, uh, they've got Jackson Merrill as number 17, left-hander Robbie Snelling at number 27, righty Dylan Lesko at number 38, the recently acquired Drew Thorpe, uh, right-handed pitcher from the Yankees at number 58. And the very newcomer, new shortstop Leo DeVries, is number 99 after a, a hot minute in the Padres system. That's after incredible. signing uh, just earlier this week, uh, he cracks the top 100 of Baseball America prospects already, giving them six. And guess what? They probably have... You know, you know, Marcy, Pauly, a bunch of those guys yeah. are probably in the 100 to 125 type range Also as well. receiving votes. Yes. Uh, for in those. In the top, yeah, in the AP poll. Those here. guys. So, a lot of people high on those guys for sure. So you can see that the, the system is rebuilt. You talked Where to, is Delilah on the list? I haven't seen Delilah on She's the prospect on rankings. Pretty high. Pretty high, yeah, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Shooting up the charts. But um, <laughs> you talked people in the building this week. You talked about it earlier this week. 
You asked, are th- okay? We've seen the lists before. Oh, AJ yeah. has put together good Ma- lists. Many he's, of these. he's impressed Baseball America before, but is he impressing the people who see them every day, who watch baseball? And you said they have a different feeling about this crop than maybe some of the earlier highly touted prospects. They absolutely do, and and it was you know they they said look, Marcy, Pauly, those guys can mash. They can mash. They're dudes. They're they're, they may not be ready right now, today, but hey, they are going to absolutely compete, and they're going to need to get. They're going to need a little more seasoning, uh, a lot more abs, Ben. But these guys are going to be able to play at the big league level. That gave me a lot of confidence because these are guys here that I trust a lot, and they they have been out here five years. Never heard it before. Never, I've never once. The first time ever uh, that I've heard it from these guys. All right, throwback Thursday, but we're going to hold off on real or fake until a little bit later in the show today. Paul, you were just going around. The gonna... show has come to fruition here, so okay. we have, we're going to break a little early. I want to leave all the time in the world for don't do this today. Yeah. It may we're going to have a special one, guest. One story, maybe. Yeah, we're going to have the subject of that story join us here live at Padres Fantasy Camp. That's coming up next. All right. Then at 7.35, Tim Flannery will be joining us. I saw him with his guitar walking in a second ago. And then at 8 o'clock, the Hall of Famer, Trevor Hoffman. Okay. Come on, dude. We got a reason for you to stick around. Don't go anywhere. It's Bennett Woods. We'll be right back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Don't do this. I got a little surprise for you, Don't, don't do this. Listen, if I'm I'm something something bad, I mean, tell me I'm a bad boy. You know, just tell me I'm a bad boy. Why? Just why? I get the argument. You don't have to explain it to me. I'm not a moron. Let me tell you why I am a dumbass. It's time for Don't Do This. Don't do this. On 97.3 The Fan. I don't think we've ever done this before, nope. but uh, we actually have a live guest here today for Don't Do This. We do. And Woods had to actually receive a special dispensation. I did. From his honorable Andy Ashby presiding over Kangaroo Court here at Fantasy Camp. Yeah, and if you don't know what Kangaroo Court is, it's something I, they used to do in the big leagues a lot. And uh, if guys do things, there's a guy, you know, there's a judge, he puts a wig on, he's got a robe, and he comes up, he's got a gavel. And it's, I'd like to bring Ben uh, in front of Kangaroo Court. We were all picking baseballs, and Ben decided he's too good. He's too big league to pick balls with us. And, all right, that's $20 fine. Ben, you put it in the pot. You got to use it for beer money or whatever. Um, so we do it here at Fantasy Camp. Look, usually it gets pretty ridiculous. It gets very ridiculous. And I had to grab Ashby in the hall and say, look, I know what happens in Kangaroo Court. Stays in Kangaroo Court. That's like the, the number one rule. I said, I need a special Special dispensation. I need you to to allow me to be able to do this story because it was the best one I've ever heard. Joined right now by our pal, fellow camper Bart Jacobs. Good morning. morning, Get him cranked up there. All right, now, all right, now, now you're hot. Good morning, everybody. So, yesterday, uh, Carly, who runs, she's the the coordinator of camp. She brings you up in front of the uh, the the court, the panel, the panel, and uh, tell everybody what you were charged with. So uh, I was charged with showing up to camp without registering. <laughs> camp crashing. Camp he, crashing, as it were. You ever see Major League, Willie Mays Hayes? Yeah. He just showed up. and they, I don't, and, I I don't, mean, I don't remember a Hayes, Hayes on, on the list. list. <laughs> they come in the middle of the night, they drag him out. Yeah. Now, you're not fast like Willie Mays Hayes. Not at all. So, bro, at one point they started grabbing the stuff out of his locker, throwing it on the ground. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. What happened? Oh, so, no, let, I mean, 
like fantasy camp is we've talked about it. It's like five, six thousand yeah, dollars. Pr- it's, it's not it's not something that you can just kind of forget about. Right. Yeah. So what how did you because you've been to camp before. How many camps have you been to? This is my third one. This is your third camp. Yeah. Did you think it was like Amazon Prime and it just renewed? Absolutely. Auto- That's exactly <laughs> what I thought it was auto renew. And then Carly said, no, fool, it's not auto-renew. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, you haven't been checking your credit card statements? And I was like, ah, sort of. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I pay a lot of detention. <laughs> sure, yeah. So my man walks in here on Sunday. And I saw this, and I didn't really know what was going on. But he goes, I, I don't have a locker. There's no locker for me. And she looks, she goes, yeah, because you're not on the list. You didn't register. So what happened? Like, How do you even know when to come? I was like, of course up. I registered. Yeah, I got the email, and then uh, I was like, oh, my God, maybe I didn't register. So were you not getting all the emails we've been getting? That was another clue Yeah, that I should have picked <laughs> up on. Just, dude, this guy showed up to fantasy camp gear in tow. There is no jersey. Ready to roll. There is ready to roll. Yeah. He just walked in, and so they had to, like, scrounge together a jersey with yeah. no name, no number for a while. Oh, I had no hotel uh, reservations? Of course nothing. not. Oh, yeah. Where where did you stay? I the first. So I actually rolled here Saturday. I stayed with a buddy who lives in Peoria. Okay. Uh, and then I came here Sunday, and, yeah, I brought all my gear in a little tub. I was ready to roll, walk around. There's no locker. I'm like, did you panic then? I started to, yeah. I was like, wait, J, uh, H, wait a minute. So that's when I went to Carly, and she's like, did you register? And I was like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, I, mean, I was ready to drive home. Oh, my Honestly, God. I, I, I was ready to drive home. Imagine uh, showing up back at home and be like, I'm, honey, uh, honey, uh, I'm home a week early. I would have just stayed and just raged all week and be like, oh, camp was great. No yeah. pictures this year, though. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's literally one of the best stories I've ever heard in my life, Bart. I cannot believe that it happened. So then, they, they because they're just the most accommodating people. They are. They figured it out for you. Did they just get your card and just run it then? <laughs> yeah, I, I told her, I said, don't I have a card on file? She's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, well, run it. Run please. it. <laughs> please. I mean, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday I, for a fantasy game today. Exactly. It's exactly right. Yeah, you're like a Dodger. <laughs> they just defer the payments. And that's the thing. I mean, not also, not everybody can handle just a $6,000 charge right there. I would have had to do some maneuvering uh, to get that done. Oh, I told her, hey, if it gets declined, let me know, please. I might hit my I'll, limit. I might split it. Yeah, I need to make a payment. Bro, Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, like I said, Usually in kangaroo court, I'm like, please stop. Please stop bringing up cases. Let's get this thing over with. Come on. When that happened yesterday, I was in hysterics. I mean, my stomach hurt. Here's Carly right here. Good morning, Carly. You made it so – you were so accommodating. You got him in the camp. Um, That's never happened before. Never. Never. And I hope it never happens. It better never happen again. Oh, I'm going to register today for the next one. Okay. We good? Auto, auto renew, right? Auto, yeah. This dude literally thought it was Amazon Prime. Yeah, and it's, like a it's a subscription. Over it's a subscription. Right? Yeah. yeah, like your net, your Netflix bangs you for thirteen ninety nine a month. Oh, here it is, a six thousand dollar charge. I'm off to fantasy camp, yeah. bro. And and nothing tipped you off. Nothing, other than I I I have this feeling like when I wasn't getting some emails that you were. Forgetting. I'm like, okay, well maybe they got but they the wrong email address. They know me. Yeah, they know I've me. Been I'm there. here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no you knew when it started, obviously. You yeah. figured that part out. And yeah, when I asked you show somebody, up. like, hey, can you send me the schedule? 
<laughs> he sent me the schedule. I'm like, all right, January 14th, I'm there. I'll be there. Yeah, Bart, I just roll in like I own the place. Bart, that was it was so good. What they what did they find? How much did they find? Well, they find you like six thousand dollars. But yeah. how much did they how much did they find you for that? Fifty eight fifty. No, yeah. uh, they find me uh, sixty bucks. Six, uh, that's not which bad. is not terrible. Now listen, you listening in the audience. Don't get any ideas. Yeah, Don't no. just show up here with your bag and your gear ready to go. They're yeah. not going to be as accommodating for you. He's a veteran. He's been here before. Make sure if you want to come next year, you get on the list, you register now, and get your thing paid. Bart, you are the man. I was very lucky, and uh, this is one of the best experiences you can ever have. Ever. You love baseball. You love the Padres. You've got to do it. Just register in All right, don't kiss their ass now after you've already (laughs) put them through the ringer. But you're the man, dude. That was was amazing. That's Bart Jacobs, everybody. That's for sure to show up to fantasy camp without a uh, a reservation. I want to get it on record. I, I grabbed Ashby in the hall, and I said, you have to let me do it. He looked at me. He goes, you got it. Just like that. Now, I'm probably going to get banged for that still tomorrow in Kangaroo Court. It's fine. It's worth it. It's worth it. I won't even go to a decent restaurant for dinner if I don't know I've got a reservation. Bro, they know I'm showing up. I feel the, the, well, the it's just rude to show up without a reservation. Of course, the feeling that you have, and it, there's that uneasy feeling like you're forgetting something, it must have been overwhelming. Well, clearly, it wasn't overwhelming. He would have done a little research on it, but it was just one of the best, best cases I've ever heard in there. 95% of them are terrible. That one knocked my Just walking up to him. and So, no emails? Nothing. Like, nothing. You didn't think that was weird? Yeah, because they send you a ton. We do Zoom calls throughout the year. Like, hey, we're three months out. We have some updates. Commissioner Randy Jones would like to say something on Zoom tonight. We'll see you then. He didn't get any of that and just thought, oh, well, I'm showing up. It was incredible. It was absolutely (laughs) incredible. I think it ate up most of our time. Uh, here. Yeah, let's, let's break. Let's go get Tim Flannery. Yeah, we yeah, may get a couple of guests. I see Flan coming in. So let's uh, take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, hopefully a couple of Padres camp guests going to join us. When we come back, it's Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Got to say, Woodsy, I've been looking forward to this conversation all camp long. So let's get right to it. Uh, we're back here in Peoria, Arizona, Padres Fantasy Camp. Ben and Woods live, and we are joined by a uh, World Series winner, uh, former third base coach, Padres, San Francisco Giants. He's back here with the Padres at Fantasy Camp for the first time, a rookie at Fantasy Camp. It's great to see Tim Flannery here on 97.3 The Fan. Flan, good morning. You're looking great. Well, thank you. Which I know was... Uh, a little dicey for a while. We were worried about you. It's, it's great to see you back healthy and here with the Padres again. It's great to be back here. It's great to be on your show. I listen to you a lot. I'm always amazed how you guys can get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and show up at work and put on a show, you know. <laughs> I used to walk in here all the time. Anybody that played for me or co- I coached with knows that day games, I'd always walk in and say, What's everybody doing up in the middle of the night? I mean, I, I'm a musician. You're a you night owl, man. <laughs> but for you guys to do what you do, that's impressive. Thank you. I can listen to Flan talk. He's got the most soothing uh, voice. He hits the best fungos that you've ever seen in your life and, and makes even the worst ball players look good with the way that, that he runs uh, runs his squad. Well, the funny thing is, of course, he often got mistaken for your uh, your father-in-law, yeah. the late Lauren Nancarrow. But so it wasn't funny. just the look. It's also the voice. The voice. Lauren had great pipes, too. Just yeah. the deep, 
rich baritone when he was giving the weather on, on Channel 10. was always amazing, and uh, he was a good mentor of mine when I was first coming up in television. Didn't you? Didn't you guys? Wouldn't you guys sign each other's names we, on autographs? We had so much fun together because people would walk up to me and even say, "What's the weather going to be?" I go, "I use the old Dylan thing, you know. Look up and see. Check it out, you know." I go, "I'm not that guy." And, and Lauren also dealt with it on his side, and, and we had this connection. And our whole family, as you well know, it's almost like we were. The same family. We have this, the, the boys the same age. We have girls the same age. They all look alike. Uh, but Lauren and I, you know, worked at Channel 8 News Television for a couple years. And we would do little skits all the time, you know. And it was really fun. But I'd run into him at all sorts of places. After, after shows, musical shows, like at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're coming out and there's Lauren, and there was one year over here at this Mimi's Cafe a few miles up the road. I come walking in for breakfast, same same exact seat that I at the table, same exact. And for every day I eat there, every day. And I walk in, and Lauren is sitting in my seat. <laughs> so I go, weird, man. How did you get here? Why are you here? And you're in my seat. <laughs> and and the, the, the connection uh, is still there, you yeah. know, with our families Absolutely. now, your grandkids, my kids. Your granddaughter and my son, and I, there was a picture post I posted the other day, and I you went. You want them married right now? I want them married right <laughs> now. It's an arranged marriage. I, I'm telling you, the the their family, um, it, the Joneses, they're just some of my favorite human beings on the planet. Your grandson Jesse is literally, I feel like he's my own kid, and and I try to take care of him like he is. He's such a good kid with a big heart, uh, and it's so fun to coach him. You did a great job. Thank You're an you. amazing coach for those children. I mean, every you had them motivated. You had people who, I mean, Jesse didn't know anything about baseball, and I didn't want to. I don't want to be that guy, yeah. and I'm definitely going to protect him from his father, Travis. <laughs> Travis wants him in the big leagues at eight. <laughs> he does, dude. Yeah. I always got to call Travis. I go, he's going to be all right. My man. wife says all the time, we got to protect Jesse from Travis. <laughs> so thank you for what you did. You're welcome, man. Uh, I love so much yesterday sitting there watching you guys on that panel, talking to Tim Flannery here on Ben and Woods, telling the stories of 84 and listening. My favorite part uh, is is when you guys talk about the camaraderie that you had, the respect that you had for each other as well. Um, what was your role on that team, Tim, would you say, back then? I was a, a, a utility guy that would come off the bench and play three positions. Uh, a pinched hit coming off the bench, was double switched. It, it was a, If you look at numbers through the years, and, and I'm not going to brag a little bit, but I just want to make this very perfectly clear because I hear it all the time from, you know, they think because I went to San Francisco, we were traders. No, I needed a job, and we were run out by the Alderson crew, and I needed to eat, and my children needed to eat. So I went up there and did what I had to do, but I just found out I'm still the most games play yeah. of any second baseman with the Padres. I'm fourth all time in Padres games played. So I've been, I was there a long time. And my point saying all of that was there was years I had a lot of at bats when guys were hurt and hit 280. That year in 84, I, I think I maybe had close to 200 at bats, but every single one meant something. And to be able to to give Templeton a rest at shortstop and Greg Nettles a rest at third and Alan Wiggins a rest at second, 
if you're going to be a utility player and a role player, you have to accept what you're doing. You have to accept the position in order to work on it. And if you can really step out of your ego and step out of your mind and look back after you give guys days off and then you see Templeton goes, you know, three weeks he's on fire because he had a couple days rest. Yeah, That's also part of the role. But together, there's never been a club that I'd ever been on or a bunch of amazing players. And we sit – and this is the core. Yeah. You you throw – you know, you throw like – Tim Stoddard would be in here once in a while with this group, but Andy Hawkins was every night. These boys and I was included with them. Bochi, we would be out with Goose and causing a little on your bit bellies, of, everybody. As Dave Drabecki, <laughs> when we get a one-run lead, he'd always yell on your bellies before we went out to get the last three outs. Yep. But just sitting down and starting up again with these guys, and you, uh, you, you watch. Trevor Hoffman and you watch Peavy just sit there and are amazed and they go, God, I wish I could have been a part of this crew, you know. That's awesome. And I know for you it was great because you had the full confidence of your manager, Dick Williams, who holds you (laughs) in an extremely high regard. And I say that jokingly. I don't know if you got the uh, PG-rated version of what Dick said to you, but you shared it last night with some of the campers and I was floored. (laughs) Yeah, well, he did that really. First of all, when we had an injury and uh, he was thinking about trying to get a trade to, to replace. Uh, this was the year before. This all started the year before. And uh, I was the second baseman. I mean, I, I, I came up through the minor leagues, and uh, you know, I, was, I could do that. And But he wanted to bring somebody in from Montreal. So I went into his office to see what was, you know, because he always said his door was open. Well, it is open. But you don't want to go in. You don't in. want to go in. <laughs> yeah. He said, you're the worst player I ever had. <laughs> Says you can't hit, you can't throw, you can't run, you hustle, you gotta hustle, you can't do nothing else. Right now, I we're talking. I'm looking for another second baseman. You're in the game tonight, but don't screw it up. Holy cow, dude! So, I mean, but at the end of the year, he called me in and said, "I made a terrible mistake on you, and as long as I'm here, you're here." You oh, know? that's amazing. Yeah, but in the meantime, I got scars all over me. I'm running through walls, you know, playing for my life every night. But he did that to every single player in their own way in June and July because he wanted his team who could handle that heat to be the playoff run in August and September and October. And I love uh, I love your story, too, uh, because we're talking to Tim Flannery here on Ben and Woods this morning because, yeah, man, you're as old school as it gets. But when you were with the Giants, you had some, you had some personalities. There's some big personalities. I think of Tim, Tim Lincecum. You know, I think of a guy like him bit out there, kind of a dreamer, one of the best bursts of, of a career I think I've ever seen in my entire life. What were those guys like, working with those guys and those personalities when you went up there? It was one of the great, great joys because the phone call I got before Boach went, I was walking my dog. Um, Don and I are walking the neighborhood, and, and I get a phone call, and Boach says, I can only bring one coach, and I have to have you. I need you. And I looked at my wife, and she goes, "You're going again?" I go, "Yeah, yeah. I got one more. I got one more ride in me." But uh, you know, we left everything. I needed. I needed to work, yeah, like I said, and I wanted to get back. And it was a great bunch of guys. You know, we we had we came in after our job was to come in after Barry Bonds left, and kind of you know after the nuclear war had blowed up, blew up. <laughs> right. we, we needed to come in and create a ball club. So 
that was our mission. And then we saw the young pitching in, in 2010 when Timmy started showing up and Kane and Bumgarner and the crew of, of Crawford and Buster, the, the, the homegrown group that came up. It was really a thrill to be a part of that legacy, too. You know, I, anytime you can sustain and keep playing and keep coaching and being a part of, of baseball, you want to do it. But then all of a sudden you have something magic. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, I just feel honored to be a part of, the, uh, of a team and a coach who brought the first world championships to San Francisco. They had a, a bunch, of, you know, in New York, but then also to be a part of the Padres legacy that the only two teams that have gone to World Series, I've been a part of them as well. I'd imagine uh, Boach called you for input about a year ago when he was thinking about taking the Rangers job. What did you tell him? Well, he actually texted me two weeks ago or a week ago when I was driving over here when he found out I was coming to fantasy camp. And he goes, if I knew you wanted to work, I would have brought you to Texas. (laughs) I said, brother, I got one week in me. One week. (laughs) One week. (laughs) Yeah, we were out at, uh, we were taking some grounders and stuff and we went out to the outfield and. Flan was telling us about, uh, it was one of the more fascinating conversations that I've ever heard. You were talking about signs. And uh, coaching third base is a tremendous responsibility. And I'm sure you set guys when you shouldn't have, and I'm sure the opposite is true as well. Uh, but no, no one ever says, wow, that was a great decision by the right. third base coach. And Only no, a bad decision. decision. And no one ever says, and it doesn't <laughs> even happen anymore because there's not an eighth hitter coming up. There's not a pitcher. Pitcher. There's, you know, you have to know because you don't have to play extra innings anymore. They put a guy on second base. You don't have to say, uh, we knew if we couldn't play extra innings. So sometimes you'd be try to win the game in the eighth and ninth because yeah. you couldn't play 14. You needed to either win then or lose then because you got to play the next night. And the managing, it, to be a great manager, you had to manage the bullpen the whole season, not just for that night. Sure. So all of that stuff's been taken out, and the game's changing, and, and, you know, it's still a beautiful game, and no matter what they do, they're not going to be able to ruin it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. I'm so, so glad to hear you say that because, you know, it did, and we talked about it with Arky, too. It breaks my heart to hear that Goose Gossage doesn't watch baseball anymore. And the yeah. Tempe doesn't even watch baseball. Yeah. It really makes me sad. Uh, and I understand it. I do. Um, but I also am like, man, you're, you're missing out on some pretty yeah. freak athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys throwing stuff I've never seen before. You know, some, right. of the, some of the guys throwing these pitches, I'm like, it, it's just insane to me. I'm glad to hear you say uh, that, that you still love the game and, and how beautiful it is. Tell everybody, though, I mean, baseball players, not the smartest group a lot of the times. You really had to dumb down your signs a lot. You really did. Well, Jerry Coleman told me on the air when I was working with him, Tim, these guys are the biggest. These guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and dumber than ever before. (laughs) And I'm supposed to comment on that? I went totally quiet because I wanted to go in the. I wanted to go back to the clubhouse. I wanted to get a beer after the game. So, you know, you have to know who your audience is. I would tell people you can speak five languages. That's really great. But if you can't communicate who you're talking to, you're in trouble. Yeah. So you have to have signs that were so simple. I always tell them it's like the 
it, it's like the arrow on the FedEx truck. How, you, it, I, I love that. The hidden arrow on the FedEx truck. You don't really ever see it until somebody shows it, it, it to you. Now you cannot stop and seeing it. Those were my, my signs. They were that simple. But I had a couple ways of throwing you off. And why do I do that? Because like it or not, and believe what you want to believe, Every third base coach had a television camera on them and videoing every sign. And we would go back and log the tapes afterwards and try to connect. So if you could throw them off, because why do I know that? How do I know that? Well, Glenn Hoffman, who I went to high school with, and I, the woman I've been married with 43 years, Glenn dated her on Fridays. I dated her on Saturdays. So... We're still kind of always trying to bust each other's chops. So he would sometimes, and I did this to L.A. too, I'd put my hit-and-run sign on, and then I would put their hit-and-run sign on top of mine. So when they're logging the tapes, they go, oh, my God, they got our signs. (laughs) It's a a little propaganda, a little warfare. Art of war. Absolutely. And when I hear people say, what do you mean the, the catcher where somebody was banging on the trash can? You're telling me the catcher can't hear it? A coach can't hear it? Is anybody paying attention anymore? It's amazing. It's amazing. I love the part of it. And I could, uh, I mean. You did wh- it. Wh- Arky. 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 What was my hit and run? What was my hit and run sign? Ha. 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 Hit and run. Hit what and was run. my belt sign? What was my steel sign? Slack. 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 Yeah, steel. Yeah, this is rocket science. It's just, and you're, you know, you're talking, you're talking big, you're talking the big leagues, a billion, billion dollar industry. And their side, he's like, I, I had to make it elementary for these guys. Uh, the, the art of war stuff is just the most fascinating stuff. Ever. It, it's, it's actually what it's all about, yeah. you know? And we always did that to each other, third base coach. And that's what I yelled out from the bench one night. I didn't let Glenn hear it, but I told all the players in San Francisco, I just told you about the woman I've been married to. Yeah. And so when he would run out to third base, I'd yell out, I stole your woman, and I'm coming after your signs. Incredible. <laughs> just just, just an incredible, incredible story. Tell everybody, if you would, uh, I love what you've committed yourself to uh, after, after baseball. Tell everybody about Love Harder. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? When I went up to San Francisco, I, uh, we, we had a two-year contract, no guarantees. So I said to myself, I'm not going to meet anybody. I'm not going to let anybody in on anything. I'm not going to let them know I play music because I got in a little trouble because that front office when I was down there didn't understand in San Diego that you could do both. Yeah. Up there, they understand you can be an artist and still coach third. But I still didn't want to get my heart broken. Well, then that – that incident in L.A. when Brian Stowe, the fan, got uh, beat oh, into yeah. a coma and is just he got jumped opening day in L.A. So people were trying to raise some money and 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 somehow my name came up about doing a benefit show, and then one thing led to another. We we sold out theaters. I brought my amazing band from San Diego up. Uh, it was wonderful, and we raised a lot of money, a couple hundred thousand dollars to give to Brian Stowe's family for his brain, you know, all the rehab it's going to take. And then we started a Love Harder Project, I called it. It's anti-violence, anti-bullying. It's a nonprofit, the loveharderproject.org. You can see what we do. We, we started 
Bobby Weir and the Dead started dragging me around, Amazing. and we we started selling joints out and raising a lot of money and, and putting these programs in schools and in domestic violence houses. Every place we played, we would uh, we would leave money for something, and it blew up. I mean, we were. We played the Fillmore. We played wow. the Great American Music Hall, Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm still, it was 12 years, and we're still going up there almost every week and play shows. That's incredible. Loveharder.org. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our mission. All the money from the music and all the money from the merch, it all goes to the Love Harder and Project. if you follow Flan on uh, social media, you'll see he's playing up and down the coast, belly up, all the way up the yeah. coast, and Lunatic Fringe, and uh, the music crew is back up and running again. So it's great to see you again. Great to see you healthy. Great to see you back in brown and gold a little bit yeah. as well. Thank you for having me. And I don't know how to do the Facebook Live thing. I'm going to try to get it on my band page because PV's here, and we brought our guitar player from the Bay Area here, and we're playing a show tonight. It's it, I drove over with amplifiers, microphones, and guitars, and we're going to get Jake to do his thing as well. We've caused some trouble together over the years. Tim Flannery, everybody. All right, don't go away. We're going to check traffic. We'll be back. Tell you what's coming up next year on 97.3 The Fan. And Polly says, yeah, we've got the great Trevor Hoffman uh, locked in coming up here at the top of the hour at uh, 8 o'clock. So do not go anywhere. Uh, Trevor's going to join us as well. Uh, as we continue here live at Pondre's Fantasy Camp uh, with Ben and Woods, it's been a spectacular week. I'm glad that I finally made it out. I've enjoyed myself immensely, even though I'm not playing baseball. And hopefully I'll put this uh, on my calendar every year well, you, going forward. I'll tell you this. You would not enjoy yourself immensely if you were playing baseball. That's what baseball. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I you feel made, like yeah, hey, you're making it worse on yourself by going out there. You made the right decision. What do they say in Moneyball? We're all told. Some of us are told at 18. <laughs> some of us are told at 48. But we're all told, I may have hit. I may have hit the threshold. It may be time. It may be time. But I, uh, I, mean, I can barely move right now. My back hurts. My quads hurt. I had a catch yesterday. I don't know how I'm going to swing the bat today, Benny. So you actually, you, you're the smart one, and I'm the dumb one, as usual. I think a, uh, a PV, so a PV Flannery concert. It's going to be mean, incredible. What would people pay to come and, and see that? Incredible. Uh, that's going to happen here tonight. That's amazing. I don't know if there will be any video. Tim talked about uh, Facebook Live or if it will just end up being for the campers, but we'll certainly uh, we'll have the recap for you tomorrow for sure, uh, morning on how it all goes. Uh, maybe our channel. Oh, yeah, maybe we can put yeah. it on the Ben and Woods channel. Probably if we get, you got to get authorization here. It's Fantasy Camp. Oh, yeah, we'll get uh, authorization. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. that would be very cool. Yeah. We'll uh, see that tonight on our YouTube stream. You see a guy like Jake Peavy, and you're like, all right, well, you want to Cy Young. You're an absolutely elite pitcher. You're as handsome as the day is long, and, and you play guitar and sing. Cool, man. Oh, and he's a heck of a television broadcaster. Incredible I mean. on the air. And you're like, <laughs> you just want to give him one of those. You're like, come on, man. Like, what are you, what are you bad at? Uh, man, it's a it's still a trip uh, seeing seeing all these guys out here running around and um, just just as cool and kind as they can be, as forthcoming with information uh, as you could ever ask for. Uh, so we'll have a lot coming up still in our last two hours. Uh, we got some real or fake. We're going to still qualify. Try to uh, someone this week on 1984 Padres trivia and uh, a real or fake game, a chance to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas. Aztecs did win last night. I'll share some thoughts as well as Paulie and Woods head out uh, to the field at the end of the show. So that's all coming up. Second half of Ben and Woods when we come back right here in Peoria, Arizona on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam.
Well, that song can only mean one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome exactly back. Right. It is Ben and Woods. Hour number three, Thursday morning, live from Peoria, Arizona. And as Hell's Bells Toll, we welcome the Hall of Famer, the Cy Young Award. Runner-up. Did you actually win one? You didn't win it. You should have won it. You were the runner-up in 1998. It was Rob because a couple of voters kept you off the ballot, but they were idiots. Trevor Hoffman is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Hi, Trevor. Good morning, fellas. Nice to be with you. Good to see you, man. 2024 Fantasy Camp. This is fantastic. We made it. You made it yesterday. And you're you're inside, too. They don't have you outside freezing, which is great. Well, that'll be us in about a month. We'll be out there. When the big boys come to town. When the big boys come to We we point out, we get the run of the place here. We can go anywhere we want. We come back. I feel like a kid. We're like handcuffed to the table. I was in here. I was right there like a month ago. Come on. I remember walking in and and Paul, he said, I was going to grab a water. He said, you can't go in there. I'm like, oh, my. I guess I'll. Where it's at, though. I guess I'll just die. The fridge is full. Of it. Nobody's touching it. Man, it's good to see you again. The last time I saw you, Trevor, and I've been dying to, to talk to you about it since May of last year. Go to see uh, The Cure with my pal Corey, and the show starts, and there's four empty seats next to me, and I'm like, well, this is great. going to have my run of the I can dance. I can do whatever I want. i got all this room. Well, I look over, and I go, I elbow Corey, and I go, look who's walking down the aisle. And it's Trevor Hoffman, it's your wife, Tracy, and it was Brad Osmus and his wife. You got it. And you guys roll in. And I, when I say that Sorry I we was, took your dance floor. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I got to say, you're maybe the last person I thought I would see at a Cure concert. But you said something to me that night that I've been dying to talk to you about. So we're watching the show, and it's incredible. Trevor puts his arm around me. He goes, you know what, Woodsy? He goes, that's all I ever wanted. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, that. I just wanted to sing or play drums or guitar. And I looked at him and I go, you're in the Hall of Fame. You're fine. You're good. Like, you can't have it all. You're always tempted about something that you don't have a, a grasp on. Of course. And you know that... what's going to be fun today is, like, Jake and yes. Glenn are going to play. It's going to be great. You know, it might turn into karaoke and will really stink. But I brought my guitar if you want to nice. try to pick on that as well. But is that is – That's that... all I ever wanted. Remember, is that, like, there's is that, a reason. Is that true? I think it's just, you know, my dad being a singer and a big part of his life, I uh, appreciated – the arts and i appreciated kind of the talent that that takes um the work is still the work i mean 100%. it doesn't matter what profession you're in but it, i appreciate music and you know to be able to make great music is is something that uh i think is underrated so why didn't you i didn't have the patience and maybe that side of the brain wasn't overtaking the other side of the brain and um you know i picked up a guitar and my fat fingers just don't work and the frets, you know, messed it up. Yeah. My mom had me take piano lessons at like eight, nine years old, and I'd have to come in at two o'clock after we got home from school, and everybody's playing wiffle ball outside. And I'm like, Mom, I just, you know, everybody's playing ball outside. That's what I want to do. And she goes, Look, it, you make your decision after our first session, of, you know, lessons, and you do what you want. But if you you, you don't stick with it, you're going to regret it. And sure enough, we'd come home, we'd come back from road trips, and we might be waiting on bags or something in a hotel room or in the hotel lobby. And there's a piano and someone would walk over. Mike Tompkins would go over and pick it. And it just it brought the whole – everybody over. And it's such a powerful tool that uh, I wish I would have stuck with it. I know part of the, the Hoffman legend, and I've heard the story before, your dad was the, the singing vendor at the Big singing A. Singing usher. The, the singing usher yep. at the Big A. Now, did he sing professionally as well outside of that? I, I don't think I ever heard that story. He did. Um, he was part of a group called the Royal Guards. Um, he served the, the Marines in World War II as an older gentleman, but he was previously a singer, traveled the world, and then 
after the war, went back to singing uh, world, uh, world fairs and uh, New York, did some stuff with uh, singing cowboy. That was another connection with the Angels. Um, and so he was, he, was, he was really good at what he did. And he, the story, the, the baseball story outside of being the singing usher and, you know, traffic would get crazy on I-5. He'd always have his harmonica and they'd come to him. He was like the, the first closer of the family, <laughs> late, late relief, you know, singer, if you will. They go, hey, Ed, our singer's stuck in traffic. He's not going to make it, you know. And he goes, give me five. Tunes up and goes out and takes care of the national anthem. But wow. um, Glenn, when he was a high school senior, Joe Stevenson, the head scout, big scout with the Red Sox back in the day. Um, Glenn goes, hey, if I make it to the big leagues, you know, I'd, I'd like you guys to fly my dad out. And he ran up the flagpole and probably did some background check, make sure he was yeah. Roseanne Barr or something like that. Yeah. And sure enough, I go, you know what, that, that'd be great, Glenn. You make it to the big leagues, sure enough, we'll do it. And it coincided with Carlton Fisk's first game back in Fenway when he was with the White Sox. And you have Harry Carey announcing the game, recognizing my dad, Young Glenn Hoffman, shortstop's dad, going to sing the national anthem today, and he belts it out, and you know they run off the field together, and they used that in my retirement ceremony almost 40, 50 years later. It was wow. incredible. Incredible, uh, incredible story. That, and, and for me, you know, for you, it was just another concert. I got to watch <laughs> one of my favorite bands with Trevor Hoffman, Hall of Famer, arm around me, singing Just Like Heaven, a moment I will never, ever, ever, ever forget for as long as I live. It was it was. It, I love that band. I wanted to see them. I hadn't seen them in forever. And now it's my favorite show I've ever been to. They were, were so good. They, they were, were they perfect. Sat, close your eyes. You're thinking you're listening to a record. That's exactly right. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was perfect. So what's, uh, uh, talking to Trevor Hoffman here, if you didn't know, here on Ben and Woods, how, what, what are you doing now? I know you're, 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 what is your role with the San Diego Padres, and, and how is that going? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a similar special assistant role. We'll be involved in the community in San Diego. I'll be out in spring training, hopefully. I have to still talk with our new manager, Mike Schilt. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure he's got bigger fish to fry than worry about whether Hoffy's coming to camp. But <laughs> He'll get you. I'll, I'll have my fire thorough. pit ready to go. I'll, he, I'll be in town. He's I'll pretty be in thorough. Camp, He'll get to you. He'll get your thoughts on everything. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to still be a part of it, and um, looking forward to the pods having a, having a good year. What was your your takeaway? Obviously, last season was disappointing with such the high expectations, and uh, and yet I think expectations should remain high. I know if people disagree with me. I know there's Padres fans. Well, all of a sudden. All right, you know, I'm not going to expect anything this year. You know, Juan Soto's been traded. Uh, Blake Snell, you know, free agent, he's gone. Josh Hader is gone, and it turns around. I look, you know, at the names that are going to be in there in a, in a few weeks, and my expectations are still fairly high for this team. Where I, do you, I couldn't where do you agree sit? more with you. I think the cover is far from being bare, and the, the opportunity that some of the people that are getting to come into our organization that they're going to have is going to be one that uh, they can run with, so – you know, anybody can be beaten on any day. And the expectation, I think, you look at, okay, they didn't play great as a club last year. You know, it's not going to be the same guys, so therefore we should expect less. And I, I think it was a weird year. The fact that they weren't able to come together and get much over 500 baffles me. I think it baffles our whole fan base. Um, we, we constantly were waiting for that 17-game run like they had at the very end. But, you know, at least that was happening. And then you look up and you go, they only too shy of 500. That's crazy. Um, but – the expectations should still be what they are and, you know, go after that big juggernaut up north. And, you know, it is what it is. Anybody can get beaten. It's why it's a long season. My, my thing is I'd, I'd like to see the postseason changed. Like, okay, you know, I, I get we're going to have to fight for a division or what have you, but I just don't like that big gap that the you don't number like one it? teams you have. Okay. I, I, love hate it. The, I hate the format. 
We, do, we play for we, six months straight. They play for six months straight, and then you give them five days off. That's longer than the All-Star break that they get. Sure. It makes no sense. We talked about this yesterday, and I – I don't like just having one game, though, decide everything in a wild card, so I, I, I'm okay with the three-game. I think they should change the five-game division series at least to a seven-gamer so that if a team that earns a bye and has a few days off has a bad day or two as they're getting back into it, they're not already facing elimination in a best-of-five series. And I get it. It's hurt the Dodgers the last couple of years. It's crushed I, them. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that, but I think – I think the most fair way is at least make it a seven-game series. I mean, the NBA does seven every single way through. It's baseball. Seven. Give, give me seven. It was at the least. first time that I actually was excited to watch more baseball than worrying about what football game was on on Thursday. And if we shorten the season up, we start a full gamut of playoff games through the month of October. You're going to dominate the television, and it make everyone a seven game. So one plays eight. You add another one. One through eight. Yeah. Seven games. If you get. Are you sweet? Back you, to get your, you get your days off season. there, then boom. Okay. So be it. Yeah, I can do that. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I. People love it in hockey. Because you want a full, a full slate. And it'll determine which team's better. I got mad at the national riders, though. Because, look, it, it, at the end of the day, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freem, if they hit, and I understand five days off. I mean, I, I love five days off in a row. I love it. And I'm going to come back refreshed and recharge and ready to go. And I understand baseball's difference, creature, habit. Is there anything a team can do to 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 simulate to make sure they're ready? I hey, mean, there was teams. I think the Braves even brought in family tried to replicate kind of that. It's you're just not going to. It's not, you're you not know, going they, to. they had great inter squad games. They had AAA guys that they were still you know performing and getting ready so that if they did get to the postseason, they'd be able to utilize it. So I don't I don't think there's anything you can kind of. Recreate. I don't. Um, I don't necessarily like the NBA has gone to the ten teams and the play in tournament and. Now I feel like the regular season is just pointless. You're playing all these games and you're putting everybody into the postseason. So you got it that fine line. I, you might, I think you might be on to expansions something, coming around the corner. So, so we're probably going to have a couple more teams. Yeah, but eight out of uh, so that'd be sixteen out of thirty-two. So that'd be the half halfway half of the, point. Half of the teams make the playoffs. Or, you're getting on the edge there, but you know, a little bit. A little I mean, so one, you go six, and then you just you still go seven yeah. game series. If one can't beat eight in a six in a seven game series, right. There's they, your advantage. They weren't right? that good. They weren't that good to begin with, right? But so, yeah. to your point, like Diamondbacks were real. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody expected. We saw them throughout the year. They were pesky little team, but were they going to be able to go up against a, a team that's loaded? Pitching got a little funky for them at the end there, and they they ran the table. Would you shorten the regular season? I wouldn't have a problem. We've already done so much to the game at this point. At this point. And, yeah. hey, I don't know if you wanted to ask Goose that one yesterday, <laughs> by the way. Your interview with Goose was on, Goose was on the loose, man. It was on the loose. I was we were a little worried about that one. Yeah. Oh, it's, Goose will, is amazing. I will never forget. And if he was this close to you, I could see why I, you were scared. I was sweating. <laughs> he pointed at me and goes, you're a nerd, too. You're a nerd, too. I felt so bad for Ben. I will say this. When we got to the round table, he couldn't have been nicer and more respectful. Oh, yeah. He did not call you any names. No, he did not. The round table. He did not. But we got him. He got him. Get him worked up. And holy cow. I he, think 154, though, is almost like you're not changing it because it always used to be 154. We're still comparing 162 game seasons to the 154 game seasons yep. they played before what was the 1960s when they changed it it was um, like people being pissed about the shift it's like there was no shift like 10 years ago yeah it's true <laughs> we're just going back to what it really was and it's the pitch true. clock actually goes back to basically how the game felt 
when I was growing up watching it and, and you the, the Goose, pacing of the game. Oh, Goose he, agreed. He actually agreed with the pitch line. Well, we needed it. That's we needed we it. Used to pitch that we way. used to pitch that way. I, mean, I can see him pointing. He, I was dead. I mean, I was I was in my coffin yesterday with that. So good. I was way more comfortable than he was. He was sitting there fighting through. I was like, I was in a in a turtle shell, man. I couldn't believe it. He knew you were going to protect him. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. But uh, yeah, we've we've talked a lot about um, you know we've talked a lot about the 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 new school versus the old school and we've talked a lot about you know the changes in the game do you, do you like the pitch clock did you like do you like some of the changes that they made to baseball i have i have the only the only what was there the stolen base is the only thing i think is a little bit of a gray area you know only being able to utilize a pickoff twice before they can have the freedom to go is something that i think is a little skewed um i have no problem with the pitch clock i have no problem with going back to no shift. Because, I mean, you guys know where the ball is going, and if they just pound you in, yeah. you're going to have a hard time, unless you're T. Gwynn, having a hard time hitting the ball inside out and go the other way. Just matter of fact. So, But the, well, the one thing I have is from a stolen base standpoint, I, I would like to see, you know, the ability to, to pick over. Now, if the guy just picks over five times, then okay, it's pretty brutal then when that's, it happens. that's brutal. We know what we're doing there. We're stalling for some, or we're just trying to, you know, Keep ruin close. the game to yeah. a degree. But – to just only be able to disengage twice. Um, they've talked about the, the pitch clock being reduced again. I, I think it was enough. The game speeds up to the point where I think it gets uncomfortable. I, I agree. And, and do you give any credibility? I know there's numbers, I think, to back it up, too. But I think there are guys that benefited, and I think there are guys that didn't. And I thought Blake Snell, and I said it before the season, I go, I think he's going to benefit tremendously from it. And he didn't to start. And he said, I hate it. I hate it. Well, then you saw how it turned out for him. I think Alec Manoa, a bigger guy, rushing, rushing, rushing. It, it, I think it really messed with him. And I think um, the, the adaptation that players are now having to do every single year makes this very difficult game even harder. Yeah, it's it's something they have to navigate for sure. And, you know, you, you see guys will take their time out early. You'll see them take their time out. And Soto maybe, had he, he, he really knew when he time. wanted to, yeah. you know. And, you know, Trent would stay outside of the box until it got to 12 and would step in. So he, he'd learned to make it a routine. But it's something that they all had to tr- try and get used to. It wasn't easy. Um, I think they did a nice job in a fast situation to get ready for it. Minor league guys, they've been doing it for, you yeah. know, years. They've implemented it. But, you know, it's, it's something that – you don't want to force feed too many things, um, but going back to the 154, I, I don't think that would be – you're talking about two home stands. Before you go, Trevor, I've got one thing I did want to ask you, and, and since you manned the ninth inning for the Padres, there's really been a, a string of just all-star closers, one after another. Uh, Heath Bell's here, Josh Hader last season in between. I mean, Kimbrell, Houston Street, you know, Mark Melanson had a great year. Padres have been blessed in the ninth inning for 30 years. Mike Schultz has kind of said that – Going into this year, it may be I, I don't think you use the term necessarily closer by committee, but <laughs> there gives me shivers. You know, they've got Robert Suarez coming back, two new pitchers from Asia who have experience in the ninth inning, but some are lefty, some are righty. That matchups may determine more of that. And I wanted to get your thought on whether it's necessary or not to actually name a closer for the ninth inning in, in the modern day of baseball. It now. might not be needed to be named in spring training or coming out, but I think the dust settles, you have somebody that you get used to back there. It allows you to set everything else up, settle into their roles, and there's comfortability and, and knowing where you're going to be at. So that's just how I've seen bullpens work is when everyone has an idea of their role, 
everyone kind of settles in. But uh, to do the by committee, you're you're on pins and needles for the three hours that you're sitting out there waiting to see if the phone rings and who's it going to be. Even if you know, for instance, you got a bunch of lefties coming up in the. If you got your closer as your lefty, but all the good lefties are coming up in the eighth inning. Take uh, playoffs two years ago. You know Bryce Harper. Do you want a hater out there, a lefty, as opposed yes. to a righty, <laughs> because he's the closer and you're saving him for the ninth inning? There's a there's a disconnect between what the analytics, the numbers say, and what the guys with the feel for baseball will say about roles and comfortability. Very unique situation. Yeah. Probably would have loved to have seen Josh in that role <laughs> yeah. in that situation. But as as a as a closer, you should be good enough to be able to get righties and lefties out and have something in your arsenal that you can be equally as effective. Good change-up works. Yeah. That, that works up. on a good lefty. <laughs> and it's a good change, A good change-up is good on a righty, too. Yeah. Like, they don't, they're not used to that. <laughs> Legend. The Trevor, legend, Trevor thank Hoffman. you so much. Thank it's you, great buddy. to see you out here. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Appreciate we'll get you. you again as the, we get closer to the season. Trevor Hoffman, Hall of Famer, uh, sitting down with us. It's just been one after another this morning incredible at morning. Fantasy Camp. Absolutely incredible. Take a break. We're check traffic. We'll be right back. See who else is uh, kicking around. I know uh, games are going to be started. People are starting to warm up here as well. It's Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. suffered an injury or what's going on but he needs a little treatment he's got the theragun going on his back starting to feel it as uh, fantasy camp uh, gets down to the second to last day we've got one more show here tomorrow morning and then we'll head back to san diego be uh, be home back in studio on monday yeah you can, thera- you can theragun me while i do this segment um we're gonna give away some tickets uh, college basketball tickets here in just a second ucsd uh, and Hawaii on Saturday, they uh, have a big game actually tonight. I think they're at UC Irvine. It's uh, the two undefeated teams in the Big West going after first place. And speaking of first place, uh, the Aztecs are back into first place, uh, tied for first place in the Mountain West after their win 71-59 last night over Nevada. Did uh, make it back from uh, explicit in time to watch the end of the first half and all of the second half. So I didn't actually see the Aztecs build up most of their 16-point lead uh, that they had in the first half, and they were up 14 at halftime. I did, however, see Nevada come all the way back, get hot from three-point range, and tie the score and start to think, "Uh uh-oh, this could be a problematic loss for San Diego State. We talked yesterday about how you got to hold home serve in the Mountain West. Uh, It's so tough to win on the road that you can't be dropping games at home against opponents, even good ones like Nevada, but the Aztecs dug deep, went on a bit of a run uh, late in the game when uh, Blackshear got his fourth foul and, and came out for a couple of minutes, and probably a mistake by Steve Alford to take him out at that point. Uh, Aztecs went up, I think, by eight, and then it was too late for them to come back. They closed out the win by 12, which is a double-digit win over a top-30 opponent at home, uh, which is quad one, or at least on the edge of a quad one win for San Diego State last night. They're now 4-1 and one in the Mountain West. Uh, tied with Utah State atop the standings, and they got another big one on the road coming up on Saturday, another nationally televised CBS game. Hopefully it goes better than the one at New Mexico this past week uh, when they visit Boise State uh, in a morning start uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Jaden Ledee, another double-double. The guy is, uh, guy is amazing. And I, to be fair, the Aztecs got the calls they didn't get at New Mexico. And for the Aztecs to win... They need, when Jaden Ledee goes to the basket and gets hammered, 
they need him to get those foul calls, and they did. The uh, you know Steve Alford was complaining a little bit after the game. Hey, they went to the line twice as much as we did, which was true. And you know I'll be fair about it. I complained about the officiating. They had a better officiating crew, I think, for that game. So, you know, the, the Aztecs got the foul calls that they didn't get in the game before. They converted enough, and the offensive rebounding was fantastic. Twenty offensive boards. The absolute difference in the game yesterday. The Aztecs just outworked Nevada under the glass, even though they weren't shooting that well. Uh, they had some turnovers. You know, it wasn't a particularly pretty performance by San Diego State. It was simply, we're going to be tougher than you. We're, we're bigger than you. We're going to use our bodies inside, and we're going to will ourselves to a victory. And they did just that in a game that they kind of had to have. You don't want to lose two in a row uh, in that conference, and, and then you're behind the eight ball probably for the rest of the season trying to make up a home loss and try to figure out how you can win more games on the road. So, uh Good win, big win by the Aztecs last night. And they did it without Darion Trammell, who was uh, sick. And they sent him home. He was not able to go. So even without some depth, uh, they were able to get that victory last night. Again, they'll be at uh, Boise State on Saturday. All right, we do have those tickets to give away to uh, UCSD. They are going to play (laughs) on Saturday at Lion Tree Arena against the University of Hawaii. What's your thoughts on the Aztecs game last night? Welcome back from the training room, by the way. You missed all the Aztecs talk, which I know you were looking forward to all morning. You said when we got up this morning, I saw you. I came down the stairs, like 5.45 Arizona time, and you said, I can't wait to talk Aztecs with you this morning. It's what I'm looking forward to more than anything else. I don't appreciate your sarcasm. I, uh, (laughs) I, I... I knew you had it had it covered, and and uh, as I said, I had probably one too many uh, last night. So I hit the sack, and and uh, I did see I see a lot I saw a lot of uh, reaction on Twitter. Been people saying, yourself included, uh, they were getting the calls that they missed the, the the last game. It's amazing how much a home crowd helps does help and it influences the officials in a game it should it be that way probably not you, you can but see how you can get caught it's up human, in it. <laughs> it's human nature i mean there's a positive reinforcement effect that even officials aren't immune to yep and you got a crowd and you blow your whistle and they go crazy for you Boom. it's like you think they're cheering for you 100 percent, and you're really not that's not the way it's supposed to work but it's just unavoidable i think especially in these you know big time college basketball environments so yeah they got the calls and if I'm going to complain about calls, as I did on Monday or Tuesday after the loss to New Mexico, I've got to acknowledge when they go the other way. And they went the other way for San Diego State last night. Well, as Dave Rock uh, likes to say, Ben, you do a great job. About what? You do a great job. Thanks, I appreciate you just, that. You do a great job. As, as Ben, you do a great job. As Ben, ben you're a nerd. Ben, you're a nerd. Uh, you can call now, though, win that pair of tickets to Saturday's UCSD Hawaii basketball game at Lion Tree Arena. Uh, third caller wins, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. You can get your tickets at ucsdtritons.com. And good luck as they go for first place tonight against the UC Irvine. Nickname Woods? <sighs> UC weird one. Irvine. It's not the banana slug. No, that's no, the uh, Santa Cruz. Not uh, Santa Cruz. It's the UC Irvine crowd ant eaters ant we were going to be here all day so yeah, just, we needed to move I would on have, i would have never guessed all right um the delilahs could the padres be in the market <laughs> your favorite team for dylan cease a pitcher Woo! from the white Sox. our friend jordan schusterman had a little piece about that uh we were going to get to that coming up no next. no 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 i don't want these thank you tom la, 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 la. La, what 
Oh, they have not overall? bad overall stats. I'm looking at them right now. I will sh- I will share the fantasy oh, no. camp stat sheets. <laughs> I don't want this when we come back as well. La, here. La, la, Better Woods on ninety seven three The Fan. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her hair. I hear the sound of a gentle word. On the wind that blows perfume through the air. Good vibrations is something I'm looking desperately for. I got them last night at Explicit, certainly. But I need some out on the diamond today, Benny. Yeah, your numbers could use a little punch up here. Yeah. It's just uh, Tom Seidler just handed me the Fantasy Camp batting statistics. Mm. And the good news is. Nowhere to go but up. That uh, the camp leader in OPS was, in fact, at our table last night at Explicit. But it wasn't you. You're uh, you're at uh, 899, right at 900. I mean, that's all-star level. OPS? That's an OPS of 900. That's going to get you to the all-star game. That's that's a huge number. Is that Paul, this year? Paulie, that's this year. Okay. Yeah. Paulie Rindle, 1192 Woo! OPS. OPS. I mean, that's, that's Tatis or Machado on a hot streak. No that doubt. is That is serious OPS action from Paul Rindle. But he isn't the leader either. The... Overall camp leader in OPS is our friend from Australia, Steve. He's a player. 2,052. Dude's a player. That's Straight a, up. That's an on-base percentage of 909. So uh, he's gotten on base pretty much every time but once. And a slugging percentage of over 1,000, 1,143. So. Well, that's why I, I try to surround myself with winners to, to, you know, maybe get a little bit of something off them. So far, uh, not so good, but... Yeah, we got uh, got a couple more games to prove myself. It's, a, it's amazing that Paulie's team has struggled so much, given that uh, they got two of the offensive leaders in the lineup, in himself and Steve from Australia. What's going on, Paulie? We uh, we're losing close ball games. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was just brutal. Double play to end it. Hard line drive up. You know, pitcher catches it, runs it over to first base. Hit and run. Hit and run, and uh, game over. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's tough. But... You, can, you can just stop there. I think it's probably. Go on if you want. I, I mean, you uh, you got three runs batted in. You got three hits, which is nice. 333 batting average. Me? I mean, you're like Tony Gwynn. Three, three hits, for but nine. I'll take it. <laughs> I will absolutely take it. Yeah, you've walked twice, yep. so you've gotten on base. And uh, you'll be glad to know that they did not include a strikeout column yeah. there. So. <sighs> okay, you're off, good. The, you're off the hook it's there good, good, good. on the stats. Um, you know, I'm sure that GMs are pouring over stat sheets and production from last year as they – Go through trade talks, and I want to talk about one in particular that could involve the San Diego Padres. We'll do that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Woods, we've been talking about it for a while. Padres have addressed some of their pitching needs with the Juan Soto trade, but certainly anyone we talk to, inside or outside the organization, they all think the Padres probably need at least one more start. I keep hearing two. Two has been kind two of Two maybe, number. but at least one, and preferably one that's going to be able to eat some innings, you know, quality. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a Cy Young ace, but someone who you can count on we gotta, we gotta for make, more than just, hey, he'll compete for a spot in the rotation. we we got to make up some innings. We really do after after the 800 or so and, that we lost. And the ones that are available in free agency right now, like Blake Snell, are going to be incredibly expensive. And there aren't that many trade candidates at the moment. One that the White Sox have even uh, have been open about that is potentially on the trade block is Dylan Cease. Now, they're not 
They're not re- rushing to trade him. doesn't have to happen during this offseason. It could be spring training. It could be once the season's already started. They're how, not. How many years of controls he have he's left? He's got, I believe, three? Two, two or three more years yeah. of control left. So his, his price tag Heavy. in terms of a trade is going to be pretty high. And our friend Jordan Schusterman from Cespedes Family Barbecue and uh, Fox Sports put a piece up on the Fox Sports website about teams that could potentially be in play for Dylan Cease and how far they'd be willing to go in terms of prospects that they could give up that would entice the White Sox to part with Dylan Cease. And uh, the six teams that he listed were the uh, Baltimore Orioles, uh, you've got the Boston Red Sox, the L.A. Dodgers, of course, they're in on everything, the New York Yankees, the Texas Rangers, and the San Diego Padres. And he wrote about the untouchables for the Padres. Tell me if you agree or disagree with Jordan's perspective. But he starts with Ethan Salas. Agreed. He's untouchable. Just yep. named the number nine prospect in baseball yesterday by Baseball America. Agreed. And he thinks there's almost no deal out there that you could propose that A.J. Preller would include Ethan Salas in right now. He also says he's not as certain that Jackson Merrill, who is a another top 15, 20 type prospect in baseball, is completely untouchable, but for now I'm putting him off limits as well. So he, he left it open, though, for guys like um, Nathan Martarella, Graham Pauly, Jacob Marcy, and maybe even uh, one of the pitching arms, a Snelling or a Lesko, although he, he does say it's possible that a guy like Snelling, after the season he had, he may be on that untouchable list as well. Who for you, Woods, are the untouchables in the Padres minor league system? Is there such a thing as an untouchable in a minor league system when they haven't proven themselves yet on the big league level? This is a it's a very difficult question. I Maybe I'm now Colonel Budget because there's, based on the things that I've heard about all of those guys, um, you know, Ben, if, if I thought Dylan Cease was the final piece, I'm more apt to pull the trigger. I don't think Dylan Cease is the final piece, and that rhymes very well. Dylan Cease, not the final piece. If he was, do what you got to do, other than maybe Salas because he's such a fascinating prospect and that catching drill i think sold me on him for the rest of my life can he hit at the big league level remains to be seen can any of these guys um but dylan sees is not going in my opinion to put this team over the top to go out and win a world series he's going to help certainly and you'd you'd have him for a, a couple of years um I just, out of the guys you named, I've heard such good things about all of those guys. And, and I think Jackson Merrill's probably, wouldn't you say he's probably the closest to uh, the to, big, league to big, level. big league level? Yeah, I mean. And I, if he, it, if, it, you know, if he can hit, I don't know what position they're going to uh, end up, you know, keeping him at or, or, or trying him out for at the big league level. Man, if he can hit and he helped his team win, win games this year. I'd kind of be excited to see that. So it's a two two years this year and one more year. Okay. That Dylan Cease would be under arbitration control, and he's uh, he's got an eight million salary number for this year. So very reasonable yeah. uh, for what he's now. He did cut. He had a bit of a down season for him last year, but no he's question. potentially a, a top of the rotation type arm. When I look at the minor leagues, I think there's an instant tendency to make a guy like a Marcy who kind of burst onto the scene last year or a, a, a Martorella or a Pauly even, 
you feel like as a fan, well, we can we didn't even have our expectations about those guys a yeah. year ago, so I'm more okay letting those guys go. With whereas that. the guys who you drafted or signed internationally and were hyped right from the start, yeah. you hold on to those guys a little tighter. There's no difference, though. A prospect is a prospect. Sure. Just because Drew Thorpe just got here right. doesn't mean he's any less or more valuable than the guys right. that you already had in your system. You're simply more emotionally connected to a Jackson Merrill because you've been following him for longer or an Ethan Salas because he was young and he's a cool story. But a prospect is a pro. However you acquired them, whether it was in trade, draft, international signing, weren't a prospect if they were a 50th rounder. But they have performed in the minor leagues and have turned themselves into a top prospect. You have to evaluate them all fairly. And I have that same thing. Like, well, Marcy, I'm very excited about him. But, I mean, he wasn't even a prospect a year ago. You could probably trade him for a Dylan Cease. But is that wrong? Should you be putting more stock in the guys who have actually done it on the minor league level? Like, their their rocket's been going upwards. They've shown you that they're on that trajectory as opposed to the guys who you're kind of – who have all the tools and you're dreaming on. But – I mean, Ethan Salas said a nice few months, but he's tailed off, 17 yeah. years old. Yeah, and, and, he, and also tailed off. And you don't really know a lot about him at this point. And, and it's weird because I, I know I do it, and I'm sure other fans do it too. Well, if you had to give up Grand Paul, you know, I don't even really know that much about him. I'm okay with that. You can't simply just say that if you're A.J. Preller and running the baseball team. You can't get emotionally attached well, to certain prospects over others. And it's a it's such a copycat league. And when you saw what, what the Diamondbacks did last year and you saw what the Texas Rangers did last year and you've seen what the Dodgers have been able to do bringing guys up, there is something that you look at in that and you go, okay, maybe the way that we did it and the way, by the way, I'll fully admit it, the way I champion for prospects are prospects, flags fly forever. I, I do still believe that. That being said, watching how those teams have built from within, knowing where we are at as an organization, knowing the financial potential constraints, Ben, I'm, I'm probably more apt to hang on to those guys and see what we have. Now, I agree with you when you say cease isn't the final piece. I think that's the that's the smart, logical part of your brain. But if the Padres did happen to have a good, surprising season and, and were contenders. Ask me in July. He actually could be exactly <laughs> Bro, what they a- need to put him me, over the top. Ask I mean, me this question. Oh, careful. Ask me this question in July, and we'll see you know, what my answer is then. If they're, if they're running through it and they're playing hard and, and playing together as a team. And and, maybe you can wait until the trade deadline. Maybe the White Sox will be patient, and you can make that decision then. But you also could miss out. They could trade him in the next couple of weeks to someone else, and you won't have that opportunity again. But so. there will be others. There are other Dylan Ceases out there, it, it, and, and teams will be out of it. They will be looking to move pieces. Um, there are teams that are replete with, with pitchers, and, and it, it really depends on your need, too, what you need in July if you're in it. So I, I'm good standing pat right now. I would like to see, Ben, the roster get a little bit more full um, with, with some guys that could be potential stop gaps at least till some of these guys are ready. Uh, our live broadcast from Padres Fantasy Camp are brought to you by your San Diego County Toyota dealers. We make it easy. I just got incredibly self-conscious just a second ago. Well, well we were having a, a good discussion about possibly trading Padres prospects, and I just realized there's they're a all, chance one of them will walk around literally the corner eavesdropping as, right we're here. Ta- as we're talking about yeah. them. And I just thought about that. Like We love them all. What if I just said, no, let's trade Jackson Merrill, and Jackson Merrill just 
walks right around the hey, corner <laughs> as we're discussing him, and all of a sudden I go, I can't, I can't have this conversation. Who cares about right Jackson here? Merrill? Right, right. <laughs> hey, listen, Jackson Merrill. Who the fudge is <laughs> Jackson Merrill? He knows. He's, he reads the. He reads Twitter. He's on Twitter. He, he he hears it. He hears it. I mean, all these guys. This is this is the business that they that they are in, and they know they are only as good. I mean, they they could be traded today. Honestly, I think everyone here knows. So, that. just if any of the Padres prospects are eavesdropping <laughs> around the corners, nothing personal as we discuss potential trades. We would never, we would never we say trade, trade Jackson Merrill or as he walks literally <laughs> right by us. That's not him. That wasn't him. That's okay. Yeah. He could be very. They look alike. They all, all yeah. There's a lot of prospects around, and we don't know most of them, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to be an absolute scholar of prospects to just uh, nail every single one of them. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's trying to go to a strip club one time. One time. He just turns into an absolute just, just a pervert. deviant. Just a deviant pervert is what he is. <laughs> we got it really uncomfortable in here. A little bit. A little bit. Well, it happens when I'm self-conscious now. And they're doing something in the clubhouse right now. And Trevor Hoffman's being and... officially introduced to the whole camp. Uh, they're having a clubhouse meeting. They did a moment of silence for Peter Seidler with they everybody. Uh, Hoffy got up there and he goes, I'm noticing all the mustaches. I love it. He's like, I'm just assuming that's an honor of Peter. And then it Randy is. cut him off and said, let's do a 30-second uh, moment of silence. It lasted about five seconds because yeah. Randy has no patience. No no patience whatsoever. I think he's, uh, I think he's over it uh, at this point. But, um, no, man, it, it's an, it, these are all interesting discussions, but – I do get the sense that, that A.J. is just trying to be patient right now, waiting for the market to come down a little bit on potentially a couple of outfielders. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what I'm, – I'm so interested to see what this team looks like on opening day. All right, speaking of uh, interesting discussions on a completely different topic, we mentioned it uh, on the, this morning – uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones deciding to bring Mike McCarthy back as I, I head gotta, coach. Stability over uh, overreaction for one playoff loss, or is this the time when you want your owner to just kind of go, uh, we, we got to do something else. We can't go down this road again. I got to tell you, I am beyond shocked, beyond uh, having, having grown up in that area, knowing how Jerry Jones operates and has operated. I am shocked that Mike McCarthy isn't packing his bags or hasn't already packed his bags. When, when the names that are out there That's, are out there, yeah. it's not like, it's not like there's some hot coordinator, you know, from the lions that, that a lot of teams are interested. In. These are some of the biggest names in football history. They're like, oh, I guess we can promote from within. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I am, I am shocked. And every, every day in this job, I get more shocked. Are you since uh, Bill Parcells held the job though, from 2003 to 2006, it's not like Jerry has gone out. He's not Steinbrenner. For, for top names. Right. I mean, it's Wade Phillips, Jason Garrett, and Mike McCarthy. And, yeah. he, and he showed a, a great deal of loyalty to Jason he Garrett. He really did. Without really ever seeing the return on that. There were many years where Cowboys fans thought, this has got to be it for Garrett. It's yeah. got to be it for Garrett. He was comfortable with Garrett. Now it, it looks like he's comfortable with McCarthy. And I, I, But again, how many times were, was Pete Carroll available? How many times was Bill Belichick available? How many times was Mike Vrabel available? How many times was Jim Harbaugh available? You know, that's, that's the you, thing. You, it's can, the... you can make the argument that, hey, 
that was about as good of a regular season as the Cowboys have had. They haven't lost a home true. a home game in the regular season in two years. You underestimated the Packers. It they was, took it to it you. was one game, and why would you fire your coach? You go with continuity. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. Yes. So he's done it before. I wonder though, is is Mike McCarthy's Super Bowl win with the Green Bay Packers proof that Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl caliber coach, or is it proof? that you can win a Super Bowl without a Super Bowl-caliber coach. Because yeah, I you, tend to think the latter rather than the former. Of course. Just because a head coach <clears throat> wins a Super Bowl or wins a World Series does not necessarily make that person a brilliant coach or leader. There have been many bad coaches, bad managers in all sports who have lucked their way into a title because they had a – just a, such a talented team. They had veterans who didn't need much direction. They had good assistance with X's and O's, and they didn't mess it up. I mean, you know, at some point, you know, you can say, well, they didn't mess it up when they stepped in. Did Mike McCarthy just not mess it up on a really good Green Bay Packers team? That with a great quarterback? The, with a great quarterback that was hot at the right time. And, by the way, messed it up plenty of other years when he was there that they didn't get it done. Yeah, he's, You he's can say he underachieved he's, with just one Super Bowl title with the Green Bay Packers. I was going to say, he's one of those guys that you feel like should have won at least two, probably even three, um, you know, with, with having Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm shocked. I'm, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure that loss, and, and not only was it a loss, it was a, it was a drubbing. I thought, he, I thought Jerry was going to be embarrassed. I thought he was going to pull the quick trigger. Hey, maybe he softened a little bit in his old age. But like you said, he's been fairly patient with a lot well, of these guys. Or maybe he called Bill Belichick and said, and Belichick said, yeah, I'd love to, but you're not, <laughs> you're not having any say in personnel yeah. anymore. And he said, am, yeah, we don't know. We don't know how many calls and, were made and, behind the and, scenes. And, and Jerry's just like, yeah, I'm not going down that road. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, I can tell him whatever I want, yeah. do whatever I want. Do what I want. We're keeping him as our head coach going into next season. 100%. All right, if you uh, love NFL playoff football, we've got more of it for you. Westwood One carries all the games on 97.3 The Fan. we got the uh, Texans, Ravens, Packers, 40, Texans, Ravens, yes. Packers, 49ers on double header on Saturday. Bucks, Lions followed by the Chiefs and Bills on Sunday. It's also on the Odyssey app. We'll come back one hour to go. Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan. We'll be right back. Thursday, we're live at Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona. I noticed yesterday, as I was uh, out in the parking lot, that they've already replaced the uh, the Bob Melvin parking spot sign with a Mike Schilt parking oh, spot yeah. sign. Taking care of those little details before spring training gets underway in a couple of weeks. That spot was empty, but two spots over, there was a car parked in the uh, spot reserved for general manager A.J. Preller. And I didn't huh. know if either AJ was in the building. I've not or seen him. I haven't either. If uh, someone <laughs> was parked in his spot yesterday, which is a bold move. I mean, <laughs> if is it if you know he's not going to be here? If you I know he's in, you know, somewhere else. Honestly, if I know I've got a parking spot somewhere, even if I'm not going to be there, wow. I want it to be open. That's very if, stingy. If I am, if it's it's there for me, and it's maybe the most, I need most it. Ben Higgins thing I've ever heard. From it you. really is because my my theory is if you know I'm out of town, feel free. You got you can use you can use At, my uh, headphones. What? 
whatever you want. At Goat Hill, uh, there's a special parking spot that goes to the club champion every yeah. single year. You don't park in it. Even if you know, uh, I think Tim uh, Chavez is the reigning champ. Even if you know he's out of town, you don't park in his spot. It's got to remain open. It's a parking spot. It's a personal parking spot. It's a perk of the job. You rise to the level of general manager, uh, vi- you know, president of baseball operations of the Padres. Yeah. Your parking spot is there. And unless you, you hold know, on, Zach, is AJ here? He's not here. Someone was in his parking Somebody spot sp- yesterday. Yeah. yeah, we'll have him towed. Okay, okay. Zach, okay. we'll have him towed. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> that was so quick. We'll have him towed. <laughs> Who is? It's got to be. It's got to be a camper. I mean, there's no question it was a camper. I mean, it wasn't a great. I mean, it wasn't a great car. It looked like maybe a rental or something. Yeah. It was a sensible sedan. It had to be a camper. Of some sort. But I was surprised to see a car in AJ's spot because I haven't seen him in the building. And I would have been, honestly, I would have been a little bit hurt if he was here and didn't at least come and say hello to all of us. He's not responded to, like, my last three texts. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't really surprise me uh, at all. Busy man. He is busy. He is busy. At least we hope he's a busy man. Hopefully. I, mean, I think so. I, I, I hope, yeah, you're right. I hope, I hope he's, uh, he's working the phones. All right. Paulie's been working some headlines. Uh, let's get to a Rindle report before you guys got to go and play a game again today. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report. With Paul Reindel. Hi, Paul. Right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Reindel Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a hoi? All right. All Gentlemen, right. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning, Paulie. We will uh, start off in the NFL, getting ready for the divisional round of the playoffs. And I saw this. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was a pretty cool move by the New York Jets. They released their running back, Dalvin Cook. Yes. Because they knew their season was over. They released him before their season finale, which was the deadline for him to sign with a team that was had aspirations of making the playoffs or anything like that. He just signed with the Baltimore Ravens, mm-hmm. and uh, I would say that's a pretty good squad to jump on board with. I already if, did. I did. I, oh, I thought you meant for gamblers. I, oh, I, no. Like no, no, three uh, weeks for Dalvin ago. Cook. Yeah. You know, you look at the teams remaining, I would yeah. say uh, they're one of the heavy favorites. That's a good landing spot to find, and I still, I just, I like that the Jets didn't make him have to miss the playoffs. He was only going to be there for the end of the year. Yeah. They're like, what, what does it matter to us? It's a nice move. If you're the Ravens, you had a great regular season, number one seed, obviously. What, How much of Dalvin Cook do you try to work into the game plan for this game against the Texans? I mean, a nice, cha- you know, nice change of pace, I, get I, a guy a breather. I would say, I would say let's, like, let's focus on like three or four plays. Yeah, maybe, like, well, I was thinking like maybe five, you, six, seven you, carries, something you do, like that. Yeah, and you don't have to learn the entire playbook. Yeah, don't let's go just get a couple. You know, in practice, let's just get a couple of them down. You know, a third down. But you got to be ready. You got to be ready in case somebody goes down. Yeah, you'd be ready for it. But, um, yeah, he's not going to be, like, essential part of the game plan would be my guess. Mark that clip, Frankie, because the way our football predictions have been going lately, Dalvin Cook goes off for 300 yards (laughs) and three touchdowns. Make sure we get our picks in early tomorrow because you guys are going to go and play. Well, we got to. 
We made them last week. Yeah, we, we got to finish, finish the game because it's for twenty dollars, and it's, I'm in the lead. Uh, yeah, so two we point have to round, the divisional round of the playoffs. I got to make weekend. up some of that strip club money last night. <laughs> if I'm being honest, so I need to take you guys down. Sorry, babe. Well, you won't be able to uh, place a bet on the next Warriors game. We talked about it yesterday. Their game uh, was suspended last night, or postponed, I should say, because. One of their assistant coaches had a heart attack, Ugh. and uh, the story, unfortunately, got much worse. He passed away. No. At uh, just 46 years old, the assistant coach. I, oh, God. Uh, Dijon Milojevic passed away. Milo, Milojevic. And uh, Milojevic. they have at least Milo, postponed Milojevic. the Warriors' next game while they sort this out oh, and grieve horrible. and all of that. But I saw that, and I go, wait, we talked about this. Uh, yesterday, when you went out for photo day, Ben yeah. brought it up, and I go, "We didn't. He just. We just thought it was a medical thing. Yeah. We didn't know that he had actually passed away." Holy and smoke. I saw that yeah. headline this morning. Steve Kerr so said, sad. "We are absolutely devastated oh. by Dayon's sudden passing. This is shocking and tragic blow for everyone associated with the Warriors. An incredibly difficult time for his family, friends, and all of us who had the incredible pleasure to work with him." Uh, yeah, I guess he was a star playing in Europe during his playing career, and then came over but he's close with um uh you know like uh Doncic and some of the yeah. other serbian oh, players so sad, as well man. so yeah this is a really sad story so golden they, state rookie uh, brandon Podzinski. he wrote uh, you changed my life in such a short time the most important thing you ever told me was to just smile your joy and laughs will be forever missed shine down on us from heaven sad dude yeah. very very sad all right now i'm bummed out yeah yeah oh finally uh, <laughs> there's no transition there, so we're just gonna, I'm not going to try. We're just going to go through it here. Uh, this is interesting. I love biopic movies. Me too. I know where I'm you're going. I'm very here. fascinated with them. They I are always the word my was favorite. pronounced biopic. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I've heard. I swear to God, I've heard people but say biopic. I think it's bi- biopic. biopic. Like I've a always biographical gone picture. Biopic. A biopic. biopic. And we got a new biopic set to come out. About fitness icon Richard Simmons. Oh, I thought you were going the other way. Did you see the other one coming out? Mm, well, let's do both. Which, All right, we'll do both. Right, I want to start Richard Simmons. Uh, playing Richard, Sim- Richard Simmons will be Pauly Shore. That is fascinating. And I think that's interesting. But then it gets more interesting and a little conflicting because I want to support like how everybody feels about this. Richard Simmons does not want this movie to be made. Oh, no, really? He is... Very against it. He He's does been... not want Pauly Shore to play him. He did not give his blessing. Damn. Well, he did not approve of this. But I guess they can make a movie about whatever and whoever they want. So the they're not unauthorized. In, they're not in the wrong. Thing. But wouldn't you feel a little uncomfortable doing that, knowing he has no interest in this being made? You know, this happened with one of my favorite little mini series that they did. I think it was on FX. It was Pam and Tommy. Yep. And Pamela Anderson was vehemently against it. Now It changed how I felt about the show. And I didn't know until it was over that she would... I don't think I knew until it was over how against it she was. And then it like made me really sad because, look, these people are still alive. They're still a part of society. And they're just going to take liberties and do whatever they want. But you loved winning time. And the Lakers loved it. hated winning time. I know. They, they did. They did not like it. They didn't like the portrayal. Well, I thought it was a phenomenal show. You know, and I, and I do wonder... I know Jerry West was, and I guess it, my whole take on that thing when it happened was like, oh, Jerry, like in my mind, I would have had a conversation with Jerry, you were amazing in it. Like, <laughs> it may not have been exactly you were, but your character was the best character in it. 
is there a way to roll with the punches a little bit because it is just so fantastic? Or would you be so, um, you know, nobody likes to get painted with a different uncomfortable brush. Yeah, with uncomfortable with the portrayal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, not people don't always understand that this is a fictionalization or a drama, dramatization of, you know, not entirely real life events. Yeah, it, it's entertainment. But, it, you know, I think all is said, you know, that really wasn't me. Hey, you just you're kind of laughing at I, it really That's wasn't like me. that, but what didn't that guy do a great job, uh, you know, playing me in the in the show? I I feel like you roll with a little bit more, especially when it's a quality production. Yeah, glad you one because that was the one I was trying to remember, yeah. and I was like, I loved the show, and I then I saw it. that all after the fact, it and I go, sucked. huh? That kind of changes things for me. And like Richard Simmons, he's pretty off the grid. He's private. He Super private wants now. his privacy. He does not do a whole lot of social media, but he did come out this week and he said, "Hi, everybody. You may have heard." They may be doing a movie about me with Polly Shore. I have never given my permission for this movie, so don't believe everything you read. I no longer have a manager. I no longer have a publicist. I just try to live a quiet life and be peaceful. Thank you for all your love and support. And I go, man, I feel bad now. That's for the a guy. bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, the one I was talking about too. I saw it drop last night. Uh, they're making a one of the best musical bios that I've ever read is called Scar Tissue, and it's about Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's his autobiography. Now, I'm, I like probably a dozen Chili Pepper songs. I'm not the world's biggest fan. The book was riveting. I read it in two days. It is fascinating, the life that that man has lived, and um, they're making a movie uh, about that called Scar Tissue. I thought that's where you were going, Paulie. No, and I'm, seen I'm really interested to see, you know, who plays Anthony Kiedis, who plays Flea, who plays John, who plays Chad. You can just get Will Ferrell right in for Chad Smith. He right. could absolutely pull that off. They've done that bit before. Um, but that's one that I am, like, counting the days for because, again, one of the best musical bios you will ever read. You don't even have to like the band. It, it's just a really, really brilliant book. Do you have time for a quick game of Has Been Ever? Yes. All right. The question is, has Ben Ever seen a Pauly Shore movie? I'm going to say yes, and I know which one. I was looking through the list here. <laughs> I know exactly which one. So, uh, Encino Man. 100%. First one on. I have not seen Encino Man, though. Get the, you are full of it. I have not. Son in Law. Son in Law, I have not seen. Brilliant. Brilliant. Biodome, definitely not. In the <laughs> Army Now? Nope. No, I have not Goofy seen Goofy movie? One. No. Polly yeah, Shore is dead. Is 2003. The Curse of the Inferno. He's not dead. He's not no, dead. no, no, no. I'm not worried about concerned. it. You're Mark no, he's playing Richard Simmons in tracks. a new movie. Your comedic yeah. hero, Pauly Shore, is yes. still very much alive. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think I've seen uh, any of these movies. So Encino Man is great. It's great. That's so good. Son-in-Law is hysterical. There's so many funny parts in that. Movie. Is the Encino Man's like the Geico Caveman? Yeah, yeah and, like and Brendan Fraser. Fra- <laughs> Fraser, no. Fraser. Does Paul Shore play the Caveman, or does no, Brendan plays, Fraser plays the Caveman? Brendan Fraser. 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 Brett Favre. <laughs> uh, Fraser, uh, Fraser plays the the Caveman. It's really, it's really. I mean, it's terrible, but it's really good. <laughs> Does that make sense? It's a yeah. good bad movie. It's like Roadhouse. Have you ever in- seen Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze? I've never seen Roadhouse. We, we might need to watch that tonight. I think it's on <laughs> Netflix. We may need to do a little movie night in the house, if I can keep you out of explicit uh, tonight with your free cover and Kettle One specials. Is Delilah working tonight? I don't know. I do not know. Didn't ask her. Didn't ask if she was uh, on the clock tonight. Um, all right, Polly, thank you. Polly Shore, Polly Rindel yeah. with the good Rindel report. And uh, one of the perks here is that we're sitting right outside the clubhouse and there's cold brew nitro coffee on yes. tap, a little pick-me-up.
for the last couple of segments of the show because I probably need it after last night. It's finally hitting me. Yes, you know what that coffee me is? It was uh, the brand that Heath Bell yeah, started. That's the right. Seven. What was it called? Seven. It was seven good, brew. Though. It's very good. Nitro cold brew. So a little energy pick me up because you guys are going out to play a game. Oh boy! So I'm going to invite playing each other. Oh yeah, we play oh, each other God. today. Oh. We got we got head, head to, to head. head on the big field baseball action on field one right outside <laughs> the door here between uh, Paul and Woods, and that starts in like 15 minutes. So Oof. I'm going to invite, uh, if anyone wants to play real or fake, it's Throwback Thursday. We can qualify. Uh, listener, it's 1984 theme this week, so we're going to do it again today. Uh, 833-288-0973 if you want to get online right now. Uh, we'll come back and try to qualify one of our listeners for a trip for two to Las Vegas in our game of real or fake. Uh, that is coming up next after a check of traffic with Ben Woods at Fantasy Camp 2024, live from Peoria, Arizona. On San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. You can tune in to kick off at Boomer Esiason, Mike Valenti. Every week, Boomer and Valenti previewing the entire slate of NFL games. Uh, they'll make their picks. Can't do any worse than we did last week. And... Give you all the biggest stories from the league packed into one hour. Friday nights at 7 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan and always live on the free Odyssey app presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. All right, Paulie and Woods have headed out to field one uh, for their game today. They're going up against each other. Uh, Annie and Elston are going to be coming by at 10 o'clock, and we may do a little crossover in just a few minutes. I got Frank Marchese, Italian Paul, is back in our Odyssey studios. Good morning, Frank. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. Good to hear that. Uh, and I hear we have a contestant on the line, so why don't we get to it and play a little uh, throwback Thursday edition of Real or Fake? Some are here for the compelling sports talk with Ben and Woods. Yeah, you can go plow through another donut. It's time for Real or Fake on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, tell the people what they'll win today. All right, we got Christian in Santee on the line. And Christian is playing for a chance to qualify for our grand prize drawing. Two-night stay at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. And tickets to Tom Kiefer at L.A. Guns. If you can get four out of seven right, we'll put you into the drawing uh, for the concert at the International Showroom. April 3rd or April 11th, 2024. And you can check out all the newly designed premier rooms, part of the $70 million in room renovations at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. Christian, good morning to you. Good morning. How you doing, Ben? All right. Good. I can hear you. And uh, I'll let you know, so we've been doing 1984 Padres theme week on our games. Terry Kennedy just nailed this category, as I would expect him to, because today's real or fake is real or fake 1984 Padres. Of course, a baseball team doesn't just contain legends. Today on a special edition of Real or Fake, I'm going to name a baseball player. You tell me if they were a real member of the 1984 Padres, appearing in at least one game for the squad, or a fake, never on the 1984 Padres at all. we got Randy Jones here as well. He, I wonder if he'll be able to remember all the 1984. You weren't on that team, but uh, Terry Kennedy just got them all right. Christian's playing back at home. If you want to listen in, you can put on the headphones, Randy, and we can, you can maybe even help out. So, Christian, are you ready to play? Yep, let's do it. All right, all right. Round number one. You need four out of seven of these correct. Real or fake? Nineteen eighty-four Padre. Doug Goosh. Real or fake? Uh, Nineteen eighty-four Padre. Real. 
Real is correct. Nicknamed, you remember his nickname, Randy? Negative. Eye charts. It's spelled <laughs> G-W-O-S-D-Z. And Doug Goosh was a catcher, just appeared in seven games for the 1984 team. But I do remember him being part of the 84 team. <laughs> so that's one correct for Christian. All right, let's go to round number two. Jim Umbarger, real or fake, 1984 Padre. Christian, Jim Umbarger. Real. Real, and the answer is fake. Uh, do you remember Jim Umbarger? He was a lefty reliever, mostly for the Rangers in the 1970s. How would we remember Your that? How would you remember that? Are you kidding me? You played in the that's, 1970s. It's, that's right? what I mean, man. You know how many years ago that? You he's, ever heard of CRS? He was a pretty decent reliever back in the 70s. Have you heard of CRS? He was a lefty like you were. You don't remember Jim Umbarger? Ha- have you heard of CRS? <laughs> What's CRS? I can't remember. Well, oh, okay, you can't say that. Right. Oh, that's right. That's, all right, we've got round three. Here we go. Round number three, uh, Christian, <laughs> Mario Ramirez. Real or fake, 1984 Padre. Mario Ramirez. Uh, real. Real, yes. The late Mario Ramirez was the backup to Tempe at shortstop. Appeared in 48 games. Very good, Christian. That's too correct. How old are you, Christian? (laughs) Uh, I'm uh, uh, 30. All right. uh, This is definitely (laughs) in the way back machine. All right, round number four. Floyd Schiffer. Real or Mm. fake, 1984 Padre. Floyd Mm. Schiffer. Uh, Fake. Fake. That one is real. Oh, man. A reliever appeared in uh, 15 games. It was his final season. He even made one start for the 1984 Padres. Last season in MLB, had a 7.71 ERA <laughs> that season. So that was it for him. All right, we've got two and two. You need two out of these next three correct to qualify for the trip to Las Vegas. Round number five. Ron Renicky. Real or fake, 1984 Padres. Ron Renicky. Oh, Randy looks stumped over there, Christian. Wow. Uh, That's a tough one. Fake. Ron Renneke was real. The future manager of the Milwaukee Brewers and Boston Red Sox uh, was an outfielder who appeared in 12 games, part of his journeyman playing career. 12 games? Went on, was a very sick, yeah, just in 84, just appeared in 12 yeah, games. We, we're playing 162, well, I, if I, and you're going to remember If 12? I said Terry Jeez. Kennedy or Tony Gwynn, this would be a real easy game. I had to pick some of the lesser-known <laughs> ones. All right, Christian, you need to get these last two correct, or the game is going to be over for you. Here we go, round number six. Gus Varland. Real or fake, 1984 Padre? <laughs> Gus Varland. Mud's giving a thumbs down, down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Christian, what do you say? Uh, I'm going to go with Mud. I'll go with Mud. Let's go thumbs down, fake. He's going to say fake, and you would be? Correct, yes. <laughs> Gus Varland was a Dodger last year. Had a 6.64 ERA in the bullpen for the L.A. Dodgers in 2023. All right, it comes down to round seven, as mm-hmm. always. For all the marbles to qualify for the trip to Las Vegas, real or fake, 1984 Padre Christian, Eddie Miller. Oh. Eddie Miller, real yeah. or fake? Uh, goodness. Real. Yes! Yeah. Eddie Miller, another journeyman outfielder, appeared in 13 games for the 84 Padres. Christian, congratulations. Hang on the line. 
Uh, Frankie will get your information. He'll put you in the drawing for the uh, getaway to Las Vegas at the end of the month. Our first winner this week. You didn't remember. You, I mean, you remembered some of those guys. You remember Doug Goosh. Well, yeah. And but, Ron Ranicky, of course. But when you're telling me at 12 games, how yeah, I forget yeah, that. And yeah, they, I mean, a team, remember, it's a 40-man roster. You, you know, every everyone's got to mm. pull their weight and contribute. They're not all stars. You're not all Kevin McReynolds, well, ben, Steve Garvey. I, I, re- and, I retired in 83. Yeah. Now, the Padres go to the, you know, the World Series. In 84. 84. Now, you had gone on. You played. And, and all I did. Where'd you play after the Padres? I was a match. Went to Two the years match, right. with a match. And, and then, I, obviously, I was out of bullets, and right. I had to hang it up. But, you know, the only thing I got at 84, which of the World Series, I actually got to do the light beer for Miller commercial for less the World filling, Series. tastes great. Yes. You got to do a less filling, tastes great I commercial? Did. I did. This is incredible. Is this available on YouTube anywhere? Oh, yeah. I need, I've never realized oh, that. Those ho- were iconic. Hilarious. I mean, Probably Bob Euchre was yeah. famous for doing some oh, of those. Euchre was the best, but I did that one... Uh, that one commercial. Which one were you? Were you less filling or taste great? Uh, we were less filling. You were less filling. But <laughs> we had to go to Philadelphia, you know, and film prior. Who else, it, who else did it well, with Ron Sano and I were doing okay. the National Oh, it was Cubs and, uh, and, yes. and Padres, and they and, had one And, each. of course, you know, by the time we left Philadelphia after filming, and we're flying back to the West Coast, Sano's got a two-game-to-nothing lead on me. And so I had to listen to him. He was telling me I was going to spend all that money, oh. you know. And so the Potter, we come back, rally, you know, win the next three. And all I know is we kind of celebrated after the Potteries won. And the next morning, about 6 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings. And it's Ron Sano, you know, just screaming at me. And I stole his money. I couldn't believe uh, it. I got to meet him before he, he passed on. Great what a great, what a great what a guy. Great yeah, what, what a great guy, Ron Very Santo, positive the Chicago guy, Cubs but... legend. But this revelation that Randy Jones got to do a less filling, taste great Miller yeah. Lite commercial. I was a kid, so I never drank. I never <laughs> had beer in my life, no. but I love those commercials. They're the best. Less yeah. filling. Absolutely. T- tastes great. I don't know that either of those things are actually true about the beer, but, but it was sure a great yet. ad campaign, yeah. wasn't it? Now you go on YouTube, you find it. It's in there somewhere. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, I think we might have a. Oh, Frank's got the commercial. Frank, can we play it? Let's do it. Let's do it right. Uh, no, let's tease it. We'll come back. No one's gonna. No one's tuning it out for the Randy Jones less filling taste great commercial. So we'll have that when we come back, and then maybe a little crossover. Annie and Elston coming up when we return with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three. The fan. This is Randy Jones in downtown San Diego for Light Bear from Miller. And I'm telling you, these Padre fans are really fired up. Hey, anything you fans want to tell those folks down in Detroit? Light taste great. Let's take it down to Norm Cash in Detroit. Hey, Randy, you need Tiger fan. Hey, Mount have something to say about that. Lights, lights, Billy! Lights, lights, Billy! Oh, my goodness. Oh, so that was the World Series version. So he said he did the NLCS version with Ron Santo. Randy Jones in a Miller Lite, less filling, tastes great commercial. I had not, I've known Randy for close to 30 years. Never, never knew he got to do one of those iconic, less filling, tastes great commercials for Miller Lite back in 1984. Uh, we're celebrating 40 years of uh, the Padres' 1984 National League Championship season here at Fantasy Camp this week in our live broadcast from Fantasy Camp all week long. Brought to you by your San Diego County Toyota dealers. 
We make it easy. I want to get into some potential trade talk for your San Diego Padres here in our final segment. We'll get to that coming up after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So Woods and I, uh, before we went out to the uh, the game that he's playing right now, we're talking a little bit earlier about the potential of a Dylan Cease uh, trade package. Uh, the San Diego Padres, would they want to put together some of their prospects and go after a, a proven starter? It's another uh, a name, uh, one that's fallen even further than Cease in the American League that was brought up this morning, I believe, on MLB Network, J.P. Morosi, mentioning the Padres as a active potential trade suitor for the Blue Jays, Alec Manoa, and obviously Manoa uh, went from you know Cy Young pitcher in the American League, uh, top one of the top pitchers in 2022, and completely fell off the map. So far, off the map. In fact, that at one point the Blue Jays sent him all the way back down to like their rookie ball team in Florida to try to get things going. Uh, he was just an absolute mess. Came back for a little bit, faced the Padres, actually, when they went to Toronto in the middle of the season. Didn't fare that well and ended up just having a pretty miserable 2023 season. They're ready, you know, change of scenery time. Uh, It sounds like the Blue Jays are definitely looking to make a move. Uh, There are still teams, though, that are interested in Alec Manoa. And if the Padres are one of them, that would be one of those giant reclamation project lottery ticket type acquisitions that if you can figure out something that the blue jays were unable to figure out last season and you can get alec manoa anywhere back near the form he was at a couple of years ago you could have an absolute steal on your hands with multiple years of control and someone that you could put right into your starting rotation but you also might get last year's alec manoa and the question is what What's the price tag for a guy like that? I mean, I, I think as a fan, you think it's got to be next to nothing, right? I mean, he was he was horrible last year. You can't you can't give up any good prospects for him. But the way the market is looking right now, I, there are twenty nine other teams that need pitching, and they can all dream on Alec Manoa as well. And even though Alec Manoa may not seem to have a lot of value, you have value when. multiple teams are bidding on the same player because you've got to outbid that other team. And then another team comes in and they've got to outbid the next team. And by the time, you know, all the trade offers get sorted through, I think you're going to end up stunned at at the package that the Blue Jays are able to get back for an Alec Manoa. It may not be, you know, top, top flight prospects. We're not talking Ethan Salas, Jackson Merrill territory here, but – it's also not going to be like a giveaway, you know, a guy who was drafted in the 18th round last year that no one's ever heard of for Alec Manoa either. They're going to end up getting something, and the team that, that picks him up is going to want to make sure they get some value out of him because they're going to give up something that they probably did like if they're going to make any trade like that. So the question for Padres fans out there is, is that, a, is that an area that you want to see them explore as the Padres look for some additional pitching depth on the major league level here in 2024 is Alec Manoa a player that that you want to take a flyer on you know Ruben Niebla and and get his staff his coaching staff look at the film see what they saw and uh and see if they'll go after them so uh Woodsy was talking about it earlier you know the pitch clock could have affected Alec Manoa last year uh you know fatigue as the season got I mean who knows what it was 
uh, with that guy and if anyone's going to be able to figure it out. All right, coming up uh, right after us uh, in just about 15 minutes, Annie and Elston will take the airwaves, and they are both joining me in studio right now back in uh, San Diego. You guys have been killing it out there. I've loved what I've heard the first couple of weeks of the new show. It's good to have you both on for a little crossover this morning. It's great to be here, my friend, and, and to maybe not be there. I don't know how much fun. It seems like you've been having enough fun that this has been a great week. Uh... I, uh, I've, <laughs> I've, you know, avoided coming out for the last few years. I always give the work excuse and let Paul and Woods have their fun when they come out here. What am I going to do? I'm sitting around here. I'm not going to play certainly baseball. I've had a really good time this week. It's a really fun atmosphere. Chatting with some of the, you know, the 1984 Padres who are here, hanging out with. Randy Jones and Trevor Hoffman and Jake Peavy. How could you, if you're a baseball fan or you're a Padres fan like me, how can you not have a good time being around here? It, it really has been. I hope it sounded okay back in San Diego. I always wonder is this is this fun for fans or is this just self indulgent for me and Woods to be out here this week? <laughs> ben, you've had a lot of fun. I, you just haven't have. had fun. You've had a lot of. I mean, the the, the adventures that you've taken this week. I'm pretty legendary, I think. But no, you guys have sounded well, great. Know, I've, I've stepped outside my comfort <laughs> yeah. zone. That's for Met sure. some new friends. That's for sure. Right? Um, mm-hmm. You guys have sounded yeah. great. I've loved the interviews. I enjoyed Trevor this morning. I, I enjoyed all the talk about the ways that the game has changed. I thought that was so interesting yesterday that there was talk of not liking the game anymore, or just the, the, you know, not feeling like you're connected to it. But I really love what. Um, a lot of guys were, were talking about with the camaraderie inside the clubhouse and how much things matter, and it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to listen to you guys. Uh, Flan was great. He's just walking by. Oh, Thank Flan you again for great. coming. In. Trevor just walked by again as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he says his grandkids were listening on their way to school this morning. So yeah, we're we're getting the message back uh, in San Diego, which is fun. Uh, Goose Gossage yesterday was both. One of the most epic interviews we've ever done, and obviously it was one of the more dicey, uncomfortable interviews we've ever done. With uh, Goose wasn't exactly on his best behavior when it came to radio language. Frank had to, I think, go like a record four dump buttons in the middle of the interview to try to keep our license on the air. But, I mean, you know, and I, I, Annie, I don't know if you've ever talked to Goose. I know, Craig, you, we've talked to him a couple of times over the years. He's definitely an opinionated baseball sort. I have not talked to Goose, but after hearing that interview yesterday, I thought, wow. I, I thought, what an interesting guy to speak to, first of all. But you definitely have to have your finger on uh, the trigger there. Be, be very quick. Um, I thought Randy Jones was going to be your toughest one there because I've talked to Randy many a times, and he is not shy to let the expletives flow, which is one of the <laughs> things that I love about Randy. Uh, so, But I see now that you've got your work cut out for you. And I also want to say, Ben... You know, the other guys, I mean, look, Paul, Woodsy, they just leave and go play baseball. And they just say, Ben. Who's committed to this show? (laughs) I know. I know. Someone has to be here to do all the dirty work. And I'm just cheering for them today because I don't want, if they get relegated to, like, the last place game tomorrow, they leave, like, in the second hour of our show. So I need them to win so they get to play for, like, the championship of the third place game later in the day and get to stay with me for the entire Friday show tomorrow. So I've got a rooting interest in this game that's going on on field one right outside the doors in front of me. But they're playing against each other, so it's tiebreakers are going to be involved. It's going to get very complicated. Um, I was just talking about Alec Manoa. You got any thoughts on – whether that's someone you think the Padres should pursue and how 
how far they should go in terms of an offer for a guy who was just coming off an absolutely miserable season last year? Andy, didn't I trade for Alec Manoa on our show a couple days ago? Craig One did. One of your daily Craig. trades that <laughs> yes. you've been doing, Craig? Yes. Craig did bring Alec Manoa here. We thought that a change of scenery could possibly do well for him. You would hope that he wouldn't have the same year that he had last year, but I heard you talking about it. Maybe that was a fluke thing. Maybe there were different factors, and, you know, he's got Ruben Niebel over here. That could be an encouraging factor for him. I don't know what you would give up, Craig. I don't remember. I I did a challenge trade, Jake Cronenworth mm. for Alec Manoa. Like, my issue for your issue, and it... <laughs> It fits for both teams. They don't have a set second baseman. Uh, really, if you are looking at a big money team like Toronto, they could absorb a Jake Cronenworth contract pretty easily. I was kind of spitballing whether Toronto would be one on one of his eight no trade teams. Some people do automatically just check out Canada and say, "I, I won't Canada, play in Canada." Yeah, that's true. Um, you that's, know, because of the exchange I, rate I, I and everything. Now, else. if I were the Blue Jays, I, I'd probably either ask for money to offset some of Jake's salary or another prospect in that deal. And I know it sounds crazy. You think Alec Manoa has zero value. I promise you with the the pitching market the way it is Mm -hmm. and the number of teams that could dream on him, it's going to be a higher price tag than you think would be possible for a guy who really looked like he was almost untouchable not in a good way as a pitcher last season, like someone you wouldn't even want on your team, seemed to have some attitude issues as well. Why would you spend anything on that guy? But you're not getting them. I don't think you're getting them for nothing because of what he did a couple of years ago and the mm-hmm. fact that there are other teams that will go, we can turn this guy around and we are willing to put something toward him to make sure we get him on our roster as opposed to letting him go somewhere else. Yeah, I agree, but I also think there's an element of a bluff to that in that, Manoa's a guy that they're not sure at all they can count on in Toronto. And he did have problems with the coaching staff in the front office, and things did go wrong there. It, you know, it, it's not as simple as saying it's this or that. It's the, it's the pit. You know, he was busted down to single A, and when he came back, he wasn't exactly a dominating pitcher. That's why he's a distressed asset. You know, and distressed assets are things that you can pursue when you've got a little less to work with, especially on the financial side. Uh, There there would be an element of relief in their organization if they didn't have to worry about what Alec Manoa has to offer them in 2024 for a team that's trying to compete. Now, you know, we always use the somewhat useless baseball trade value trade simulator because it it spits out future value. Um, Right now, Alec Manoa's future value is down to 11.8 which is about the same as Dalton Varshow's. Uh, you know, another player who came to Toronto and didn't have a great year but still is young. So that's taken a massive dent in terms of a year ago, it would have been a conversation, Ben, that started with Jackson Merrill, right? And, and like, kind of worked up yes, from there. Yes, absolutely. And, and now it's all the way down to, like, well, you know, maybe uh, maybe one of those pitchers, maybe a Mazer or, or a Sebi Zavala could be enough on its own to get Alec Manoa. But if you were putting in a major league player for Toronto, I actually think it would just be a matter of a cash offset and you could get the job done. Now, you could go the other way. Now, Annie, has Craig and his his various daily trades ever acquired Dylan Cease yet from the Chicago White Sox? <laughs> I, I don't think we've done the White Sox yet. I'm trying to save it, maybe. Ben, let me tell <laughs> you something. You saving that one? What, this happens daily, and I put my head in my hands, and I weep to myself a little because, you know, I, I, I don't. The whole hypothetical thing, it's like if this, 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 this. But it's been a great exercise to see who's still available, who might be a little bit on the block, a little bit on the fence for another team. Maybe they want to move them, 
but you've just given Craig an idea, Ben. He's already working on the yeah. White Sox as well, we speak. I, I was struggling with today's trade. That one would require... Tr- yeah, that one would require trading one of the one of the top kids who are by in the hallways right now, uh, if you were going to go after a Dylan Cease, because mm-hmm. that's the White Sox are looking for some premium return. Didn't have a great season last year, but certainly that's one that you expect him to jump right into a starting rotation and and be a fairly frontline pitcher. So the value is very high there. The price tag is going to be very high. And as Wood said earlier, he doesn't see for the Padres at least, you know, Dylan Cease being the final piece, the guy to go all in on that they're not close enough there. You just never know what what really your final piece is going to be and where your team is going to be. The Padres definitely need another arm and you know, one that you can rely on would be would be better. It's just the price tag is going to be so high in terms of those prospects and and who you're willing to give up. Before you guys get going cuz I know your show's coming up here in a couple of minutes. What a goal last night by <laughs> Brandon Escoto of the Soccers. I was only bummed that you weren't on the call. Uh, for that one, because it could have gone absolutely legendary. If, if our, our tier ones didn't see it, it's a bicycle kick from like a third of the way down the field over the goalie's head. One of the great goals you will ever see indoor, outdoor, any kind of soccer. Uh, Craig, that was incredible. Did it actually make Sports Center? Did someone see that and put it on TV? They should have. It didn't it make the, the 10 o'clock Sports Center, uh, okay. which I, I did stay up until 10.58 to go through the top 10. And I don't know if there was a chance, you know, that the overnight crew. Uh, added something in. I it absolutely deserved it. I've seen far less. Uh, yeah. I, I think I saw a high school three pointer to win I've a game. I've seen number today. one be you know less than that. That was an incredible, incredible goal last night. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Craig's got it on his social media channels. I put it out there last night as well. But it was pretty amazing. I was curious if it did make sports center. I was probably asleep. By the late ones last night, we had a we had a busy day yesterday. Long night. It was a good yeah, night though. We had know. fun. Had fun, had indeed. Fun. Helped support the local community, <laughs> some true. self-employed models. The art, as, as Wood said, supporting the arts in the yeah. uh, Glendale, Peoria, West Valley area. So, did you I'll eat you anything go. there, Ben? Did you have? Like, I did not. Okay. I was, no, I did okay. not eat. Because they do sometimes have explicit. like finger foods yeah, and the, things. Uh, no, like no, that. they had menu. Yeah, they had, okay. they had a menu. Yeah, I heard I the lemon pepper wings are amazing. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> go for the wings. All right. You guys have a good show today. Uh, we'll be we'll be tuning in, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you again soon. We'll see you when we get back. Thanks, Ben. You bet. All right, that's it for us. Uh, we will be back one more day from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria tomorrow morning at six a.m. Uh, looking forward to it for Frank Marchese, for Paul Rindle, for Stephen Woods. I'm now the lonely Ben Higgins, uh, off for the rest of my day here on a Thursday. Have a great one from all of us at 97.3 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 